Whoa, 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 whoa. Hit him with the double buy. Give him a double buy. Hiya! Uh, Give him a tricep. I'm, Throw him a tricep. Uh, nice. All right, so this episode's about health and fitness, not just Carol's flexing abilities. Muscles. I, thought, I don't think you're going to be able to see a muscle definition in I'll the, enhance it. Can you? I'll just throw like can a little you do some, a bicep emoji I should have done some bronzer. I'll anyway. just throw a bicep emoji on it. Uh, if it's pathetic. Would have been fun in this episode. We didn't do it for you to just call out muscle groups. So like, you, you Why didn't here. we do that? That's a triceratops. <laughs> okay, no. Yeah. Pectagonal. Yeah. How about the, the abdominium? One abdominium. <laughs> Hey, you want to sign up for an abdominium? Uh, <laughs> anyway, we do talk about uh, our journeys through fitness. We start out at the very beginning. We take you all the way back to our childhoods, where we started uh, with that, why it matters on where we are now, and that we have really wandered aimfully through working out, getting exercise, trying to take care of our bodies. Yeah, I think you guys will especially find it interesting if you have partners and you're trying to figure out what your like fitness routine is, are you working out together? Are you working out individually? Um, I know it has been a source of conflict in our relationship and we are very open Cue about the drama. that. Cue the um, drama. and you, because you hear a little bit of our individual stories, you're, you'll see where some of those stories come from and why working out has been such a hot topic for us. Um, and we share with you like all the different things that we've tried, what's worked for us, why we prioritize our health. And so if you're interested in fitness and your own fitness journey, this is a good episode for you to watch slash listen to. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you get all the bicep uh, emojis from it. And we hope you love your new nickname that we came up with for you as a listener of this show throughout the show. It's going to stick. It's, I know it, it is. It has to stick. Hey there, we're Jason and Caroline Zook, a husband and wife team who believes life is just one big experiment. This is the show where we share our journey as we figure out this ever-changing thing called life. We cover topics like running a business, traveling the world, and clawing our way out of debt, all with the hope of inspiring you to live, work, and create with more intention. Life might bring its twists and turns, but when you know who you are and what you want, you're never really lost. Welcome to Wandering Aimfully, the show. Our journey through fitness. That's right. I have to remember to uh, stay off the mic a little bit because... You're too loud. I'm a heavy breather. Oh, you've been breathing. Yeah, which I, th I think is actually a sign of a couple different things. It can be of excessive weight. If you carry excessive weight, it can be hard for you to breathe. Do you think you carry excessive weight? Do you think I carry excessive weight? Uh-oh. <laughs> We're getting into some, no, some real... No, you can't turn that around on me. No. Hus husbandry shaming no. going on here. You do not carry no. excessive weight. Um, I think we both know I have a, a, a defective nose. I yes. have what one ear, nose, and throat... Uh, doctor said was the worst. worst deviated septum he's ever seen in 35 years of practice. Now, do you drive a strange, strange sense of pride? Bit, I know bit, you do because yeah. you've repeated a bit, it I was like, <laughs> a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Now, did you want to take a photo of me to put it up in the office or? Uh, yeah, it was just when he looked at my nose and he was like, hmm, that's never a good sign. Anyway, that really doesn't have anything to do specifically with fitness, with fitness but it, it could come back around does. because I think sleep uh, is something that uh, I have realized is something I have improved through being physically active. But let's let's start Benefits. our journey um, maybe a couple couple years ago, maybe the beginning of well, where each of us started our journey into fitness. Because I clearly remember when mine started. Now we can also talk about sports as children well, if that's you what want. I, that's what I think is interesting. Is a lot of finger pointing. What if you're I this. am most interested with with this whole topic of conversation is that you and I as a couple have had a an interesting journey with fitness. Tumultuous? Tumultuous would probably Rocky? be the right word. Because really? what I think is interesting is that every person has their own 
stories and like personal journey with their bodies, with fitness, with health, with all these different things. And so when you enter into a relationship or a marriage, you bring that to the table and you are trying to figure out like, do we work out together? Do we work out separately? Is health a thing that we care about as a couple? Those types of things. And so that has been interesting over the course of our relationship. So what I'm most interested in finding out from the beginning is where it all began. So Mm. for you, I would consider you like athletic, obviously. Go on. And I want to know where that started. Oh, I thought you you were going, whoa, careful with our wall. Jeez. I want to know where that all started. When I was a wee lad, uh, just about the age of five. A little bit of snot shot out of my nose. <laughs> For those of you not watching the show like on a YouTube, little bit of snot. just listening, it's you, fine. you didn't get to see that. No, we're, not like an aggressive amount. Just where did like, it go? That's the question about snot, you that's know? That's gross. My journey into fitness and becoming an athletic specimen that I am, um, <laughs> 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 uh, I think there's multiple layers of where this started. So I was always an active kid. Uh, My mom was very um, helpful in having me sign up for all the different activities. I remember playing baseball, football, not basketball organized, um, but uh, definitely baseball, football, and soccer. Mm -hmm. So when I was little, we have a VHS tape. Many of my close dear friends and you know that uh, I was was quite the soccer player when I was a kid. Okay, but I would just like for you to know. I was bending it like Beckham before. Not to 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 fully jump into my story, but uh, many people do not know that I was a very athletic child. I was an all-star soccer. Were you on the all-star team? Of course I was on the all-star team. team? The national team. team? Did your team win nationals when you were like seven? I would... Like Monica Padman from Armchair yeah, Expert to do a quick fact check. <laughs> yeah, we it'd be wow. We'd have no time to do that. Okay, anyway. my the important part is you played a lot of sports. But my I question is, did you up. have like were your did you have adult figures that were like modeling? fitness for no, you. No, not at all. Oh, so, okay. so that's the thing. I think my mom just needed something for me to do <laughs> yeah. as a kid. Because I'm pretty sure the same was in my yeah, case. Yeah, yeah, uh, Also, she, you know, she worked a lot of jobs. Yeah. So she had to have somewhere to take me so that I could do these things. So uh, anyway, I remember her being very supportive of all these different things. Uh, I wish that she would have kept me in football when I was little. Now I probably don't wish that. No. Uh, which I think we'll talk about in a separate episode of the show. Why did you Why did you wish that before? Um, I think I just, I felt like I was the right size and fit for it and I felt like I understood it and that I could compete so it's in a certain more way. The, it's like more s- soccer for me I felt like there was a uh, like I peaked at seven right right, 11, right whatever well that then you was. just you got a little too far from the ground yeah you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta just, be short and compact there's like, not a lot of like six four six five soccer players outside of goal for me it was once I hit middle school and this the field literally became like three times yeah. the size and I was like this is a lot of running. Yeah. This is, I'm, I'm out. I can't, yeah. I'm not going to. So I went to volleyball, which has a tiny court. A little court. little tiny court. No yeah. running. And now you play pickleball full time. That's right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, my journey was a lot of different sports as a kid. Hated baseball. That was like the worst ever because there was just nothing to do. You're we so bored. Uh, but I remember really liking football and then we moved. So I left this Pop Warner team that was actually really good. I didn't play very much, but I just remember being like, oh, this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember that was my first inclination of being intimidated by other kids. So like it didn't happen in soccer. It didn't happen in baseball, but football was the first time where kids were clear 
clearly bigger Mm -hmm. and it's such a physical sport i mean anybody who understands american football like it's very physical even at a pop warner age like 12 years old you're getting walloped by these larger kids and i wasn't i didn't grow until late right so for me it was like i was just a regular sized kid getting my butt kicked did you find so what i'm interested in with the sports as it relates to fitness is at that time because probably not when you're younger, but as you get to like high school age, are you realizing that it feels good to like be active and work out? Are you at that point even aware of like your body and trying to like be fit or change no. your body in so any we, way? We moved, and I think it was when we moved from um, Arizona to California, and then because I played Pop Warner in. California, because I played for Rancho Penasquitos, which I remember, which is like right down the road from where we live now, which is funny. So when we moved to Virginia, I just spit all over cool. my microphone. It's not for me, spit from you. <laughs> it's, it's, a real... fi- it's a fitness episode. We're <laughs> <laughs> real fit. <laughs> just an attractive family all yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Uh, we moved. I, I was at a new school, a new place. Didn't, didn't play any sports, just didn't get back into it. And that whole time, I really didn't do anything. And then we moved a couple years later from Virginia to New Jersey, uh, I ended up at this at multiple high schools, but then finally at one where it was a really small school, I think I like met some friends who they played basketball and I was like, Oh, like I'm kind of tall at the time. I think I was like six foot. Like I could pl- probably play basketball. Um, but I like, I wouldn't say fitness was part of that. I think it was more like, I'm just doing this to hang out with friends. And then it like triggered inside of me the competitiveness. Mm -hmm. And so still, I wouldn't say it was still fitness. Like when I think fitness, I think like weightlifting, getting in shape, taking care of your body. At that point, it was how many hours in the day can I play basketball to get better? And, right. And so I remember it, w- it was fitness was just a byproduct. It was really about yeah. like mastery. For yeah. You. It was, it was more just like, I'm horrible at basketball. Like I've told this story before. And I think on another podcast, I did um, the action army podcast before this one, I talked about this, like one moment that I clearly remember when I was a JV basketball. So I was a junior in high school when I started playing basketball organized for the first time. And a junior in high school is probably going to play on the varsity team. Cause you only have two years left. You're, you're older. I played on the JV team. That's how bad I was. Like, mm-hmm. I think if they could have put me on the freshman team, they would have, but I would have been so bad that the freshman would have been like, no, nah, man, go to JV. Anyway, I get in a game. There's so like 10 seconds you're left. You're a junior on the JV team. Yeah, yeah. I'm 17 years old. That's yeah. tough. Yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, but I'm bad. Like, I knew I was bad, so I was like, whatever. You know? You had some self Like, I didn't about grow it. up playing basketball yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking, like, I should be on varsity. I just literally started playing, and they're like, you should play on this level because you're not good. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah probably, that feels appropriate. I get it. So I go in, like, probably like the second game that we played. I go in, there's like a minute left in the half, first half. And I mean, I don't know what I'm doing very much at all. <laughs> I'm kind of gangly. For those of you yeah. only listening, like, Jason's moving his yeah. arms, like, what do I do with my hands? Yeah, I'm kind of gangly. I have been playing. I've been shooting with my friends. I've been doing layups. I've been learning defense and these things. And when I layups come are in, my specialty in case yeah, yeah. anyone's curious. I come in. There's like, again, like a minute left. Let me set the stage for you. One minute left in the half until it's halftime to take a break. Sure. If you don't understand basketball, I think you're caught up. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, running back and forth. They told me a number <laughs> to guard. Like, I'm just all over. Like, mom's yelling at me in the stands. Yeah, of I'm course doing great. Of course I haven't touched the ball. I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, I remember, I, I felt like I'd been in for a while. So in my <laughs> mind, uh, there's no time left. No. I don't know where the scoreboard is. I don't know how to find a scoreboard. I could have seen it when I was sitting on the bench because no, it's very easy to find that. That's some real multitasking. Yeah, I'm just like, there's so many uh, yeah, things yeah. firing. Um, the ball gets tipped in my direction, and my brain goes, got this, jump up, grab the ball. But then my brain goes, holy crap, we've been in for so long, there has to be five seconds left. You've got to go <laughs> run down and score. 
right? So you can see, like, I'm on defense. You I also just got the ball. are at the age where, like, you've seen Airbud a million times. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, you are you, ready you, for that shot. I have a picture shot. for yeah. how this is going to yeah. work out, which right. is great. Spoiler alert, not great. Not great. So I get the ball, and I just think, go as fast as you can to the other basket. You're going to score before time is up. You got Everyone this. Everyone loves you. Right? So I just take off, and I'm dribbling, and, I like, one hand, like, probably staring at the ball. It's awful. Right, right. Somehow no one stole the ball from me. Huh. I make it all the way down. I'm by myself yeah, okay. at this point. Yeah. Um, which... I think I just like went as fast as I possibly could. Like of it course. wasn't like everyone's in your mind. There's only five minutes, five seconds left. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in my head, all of a sudden I'm not looking at any scoreboard, nothing. I just hear three, two, one. So I'm about half court when the countdown starts three, two, one, I get to the three point line. I'm still dribbling. I hear one in my head and I just jump from like maybe the foul line, if I had to guess. I don't <laughs> like know exactly. Like a Michael exactly, Jordan flying through the far, air. It was Air Bud far Wait, away. Wait, I'm confused. So there was, the countdown timer was turned. In my brain. In your brain. Yeah. So I, again, like I. So I'm there's just, like a full minute left and yeah, you just see. No, no, there's not a full minute. I'm, I'm at least fine, somewhat close. Fine, but I'm just picturing in the stands yeah. watching you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With all the urgency yeah, yeah, yeah. in the world. Every parent that jumping is from a parent of a kid on our team is like why is he touching the ball? What is he doing? That's Please great. stop. Don't do this. So I'm running. I get to the foul line and I just think like, I got to jump and then the ball's going to go in. <laughs> if I yeah, just yeah. jump, you know, it's just going to happen. Cause and effect. So I jumped and the ball shoots out of my hand, <laughs> ricochets off the top right of the backboard. I clearly remember where it hit top right, not even close to the basket, just careens back to half court. I'm now by myself pretty much at the other side. <gasps> And I'm like, what's going on? My coach is just like hands on his head. I think he threw on his clipboard looking at me. I'm by myself. The other team gets the ball. We have to sit back up on defense because that's how much time's left. <laughs> so I had to run back down the court <laughs> and get back on defense. And then there was like 10 seconds left and we played it out. But that was like, that's where the I epitome. started. Okay. Now here, this is, so this is where I think the story is. That's okay. fun. But this is where the story gets better. From that moment on, uh -huh. I basically told myself, Oh, I'm not good. Oh, yeah, I got to do something about this. Yeah. So I played basketball probably six to eight hours every single day to after that better. game. And I would practice layups and I would watch videos. I remember I had like a cassette or a, like a VHS, like how to learn basketball. Like I don't even remember what <laughs> it was. The equivalent of searching it on YouTube yeah, and yeah, like yeah. watching how-to no videos. At the time. No. Yeah. Just... My mom bought me strength shoes, which were these shoes that had like a big platform on the front bottom. So they look like moon shoes. Like shape you ups. see someone wearing them. Skechers shape up? It's opposite. So the shape ups have it in the back, <laughs> back. and these have it in the front. Okay. But it's basically like shape you're downs? standing on these big platforms. Yeah. And it keeps you on your calves so that you're really trying to get the fast twitch muscles. Anyway, mm. those came with tapes, so I did those things. Cool, cool, cool. So I was just playing, 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 constantly getting better. But getting again, better. this is like your driving force is to get better it's at to basketball, get better not, basketball be not fitness. Fit. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to finish my basketball story here because we I'm, are this I know. Far. I'm trying to kind of like really back in. I know, back I know, in, but I think but everyone at okay, home is like, finish no, it off. Tell us where keep... we're going. Oh, everyone in back home. Everyone back that. home. Okay, everyone back sure, home. Sure. So the summer between junior year and senior year. Yeah. I had tryouts that I had to try out for. Now, I don't think many seniors had ever ended up on JV. And I knew I did not want to be on JV. Right. That would so, have been... Yeah. So I just kept practicing. I kept playing with my friends, kept practicing. Every single day we played, I would go to the YMCA and play with older kids. And I had no recollection if I was really getting better or not. Like, I knew when my shooting was getting better. I, I kind of had a better feel for dribbling and things. Um, we go to tryouts. So we get through the summer. We go to tryouts. I killed it. I was so much better. And I remember the coach came up to me and he was like, what happened to you? Did you feel like going into the tryout, you had an idea that you were that much better? I had an idea that I was 
better. I did not just have not an idea that a coach was going to pull me aside and go like, you're going to start. That's how much better Stop. you are. On, on varsity, not what on JV. What a comeback story. Yeah, yeah, So I ended up uh, breaking the single season record for blocks and rebounds mm -hmm. and then averaged, I don't know, a mediocre amount of points. Did you get any redemption moments of like the half court timer? Oh, yeah. Well, I could, I, at the end of the season, I could dunk. So I had, I think one or two, maybe one or two dunks. In a game, I definitely was dunking in warmups, which you weren't supposed to do, but like- That tracks for you. We were also, <laughs> like, I think you played 30 games in high school or something like that. Our record at the end was like two and 28. So yeah. we were real bad. Real bad. But towards the end of the season, like, we would just dunk in warmups if we could. There were like three of us that could and get the technical foul. And the coach was like, who cares at this point? Like, right. they're so bad. Just have fun. Uh, but yeah, it was a pretty good comeback story. And then I got a, a college offer to play at a D1 school and a couple other schools uh, to play basketball in college. And why? Why they have not turned this into some sort of teen movie? Hallmark I don't movie. know. Yeah. Anyway, so catching it up to fitness. So this is why the story actually matters. So I get to Jacksonville University. That's yep. where I ended up going to school uh, to play basketball. Um, and I get there, and I remember sitting down with the assistant coach and him being like, "Hey, have you ever seen weights?" And I was like, no. I mean, like, <laughs> I've heard of them. Like, football players mm -hmm. lift them. And he was like, you need to put on some muscle. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have, like, you're going to get beaten up. Um, and this is when I start to realize, like, there's a whole different level of athleticism at the college level. And I was, at the time, maybe 6'2", 6'3", 160, 70 pounds soaking wet. And he was like, you really need to put on, like, 20 pounds of muscle to be able to keep up. And Did you feel, with him telling you that, like, self-conscious about that? Or were you just like, oh, cool, like... No, I didn't feel self-conscious at all. I felt like, oh, okay, this is like the next thing I need to do. Like I, I have to go do that. When I felt self-conscious was the first day I stepped in the weight room and there was a guy who was probably on the football team. I'm pretty sure he was. Uh, I'll never forget his name. His name is Tyree. And he was bench pressing 315 pounds. So for those of you who don't I'm know, assuming that's a if lot. you've never been to the gym, when you see someone bench pressing and they have the really big weights, he had three of those on each side. Now that's impressive in its own right. That's a very impressive feat. This is what's most impressive. He was so strong that he would bench press and do like, I don't know, 10 with 315 pounds. And he's not, this wasn't like an enormous human being. Bench press. He would then pause at the top and then he would shake one of the weights off, different than shake weight. He would literally shimmy one of the, pa the plates off the side, then do the other side. So then he didn't have three plates. He had two, two plates. Right. Then he would do more. Then he would shimmy the other plates Just off basically. by himself. First of all, Tyree, this is unsafe. This is unsafe. Get a spotter. Even I know that is bad Just have protocol. someone spot you. But that's how strong he was. That was the first person I saw when I walked into the gym. <laughs> so you were like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> And then I proceeded to sit down with just some dumbbells to see where I was. Yeah. And I could not bench press 30 pounds. Yeah. So I picked some up 30 pounds. Some of us are pounds. still working on it. Yeah, but you, like, for you to bench press 30 pounds, that is... Uh, I think I can bench press 30 pounds, right? You could bench What's press 30 the bar? pounds now. 40? 45. I've, I've done the bar. Yeah, times? you could do you could 30 pounds in each hand. Two dumbbells. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Hand. So I you can do, do 30. that now. But that's, if we're talking about that, and I think weight is a conversation we're going to have in this yeah. topic. Um, that's a if we third, can get past basketball. That's, a less, that's more than a third of your weight. So that's, I don't know what the math is. It's tough to do that math. <laughs> My brain hurts. You're adorable face right now. Okay, uh, let's not bring math into this. Anyway, <laughs> I couldn't do that amount of weight. Yeah. And and that was my first realization of self-confidence uh, or self- What was your- Consciousness. Self-consciousness of like, uh-oh, I'm not strong. I, I'm I don't intimidated. know what I'm doing. Yeah. Tyree, please leave. Right. 
and I actually did not go back to the gym for like a week. Yeah. I was just so afraid to go back in. Yeah. And it's I intimidating. Think I, I started working out at like 930 at night, mm -hmm. which is just not good for your body to do that. Mm -hmm. But it was the only time I felt like almost no one would be in there yeah. and I could work out and lift the no weights at all, which is just like a hilarious illustration of the societal things that we've come to expect and, and accept when it comes to fitness of like guys are supposed to be strong and right. girls are supposed to be super fit. And if you're not those things, you're going to feel self-conscious in the gym when you shouldn't, you should just go in there and do your thing. And I think now looking back on it, that's 15 years ago. Yeah. Like I just, I laugh now thinking back at that of like, I think it also just gone in and done not it to like fine. skip ahead. Cause I do want to like, skip ahead, do go, it. I want to go back to like my origin of all of that stuff. Cause I think it's, a, I think it does lay the groundwork for some things that either can be positive in your health. If you like learn it young, but also some hurdles that can um, pop up too. But the thing about the gym is I do think part of it too, is when you're younger, you just naturally have this assumption that everyone is paying attention to you and oh, thinking yeah. of you. And, and probably to some extent they are like in college, I remember, you know, trying to go and do weights in the gym. And I just felt like every guy was like, what are you, you know, and every girl was like, Oh, do you know what you're doing? And, but I think the older you get, the more you're just like, I'm here to just do my thing. And yeah. I don't care what you think about me. You know, that comes with age, I think. But so, so that's, that's my origin story into fitness. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. was where it started. And then I kind of went on to there to, to really get into it. And then there was actually a turning point for me. So I, I worked out a little bit through playing basketball. Um, I kind of just stopped lifting weights for a couple of years. Didn't really do anything. Just played basketball here and there. And then after graduating college, I remember having this moment when I was at a nine to five job thinking like, I'm sitting all day. I'm no longer active and walking around. I need to take care of my body. I don't want to be one of those like 60 year old guys who's overweight and like rickety. Mm -hmm. Now I still think all the other things we can get to, I'm going to be rickety, but I don't <laughs> think I'm going to be out of shape when I'm 60. Yeah. You're going to be rickety things. from those six to eight hours a day of yeah. playing basketball. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but at but, least you got most improved. But I remember my, my stepfather was very fit. And it was a, it was an inspiration for me to look at him and like he was in his fifties at that time and he was a very fit person. And we would, we would actually go and work out sometimes at the gym together and like he would lift more weight than I would. And he was like five foot eight or something mm -hmm. like he was not a big guy. Um, and it just like, to me, that was an inspiration. And so I took that and then I started to actually get into the gym for myself of like taking care of my body, working my body, trying to like have muscles for certain things. And, and I did a lot of things wrong. We can get into that stuff later. We'll get to your origin story now, but that was kind of my long trajectory. Long trajectory. Yeah. So it sounds like for you kind of as a young kid, the athletic thing and the competitive drive, um, was kind of what started it for you. And funny enough, it was similar for me. So I grew up with three older brothers who all played sports. And I remember when I was like super young, like four or five, I tried to get into dance. Um, mm. cause a lot of my like friends in elementary school were in dance. And I was just like, I don't like this as much. And I tried soccer, um, like my brothers. And I think that probably was a little bit of it. It was like, I want to be like my brothers and I really loved it. And I was good at it. That was the thing, right? It's like when you're getting all this praise of like, Wish we could Oh, have played the a little one on one soccer. You know? I know. Like, you know, when you do see some of the kids are at the stage where they're just like playing in the grass, like yeah. their parents are making them do this. They're not passionate about it versus some, somebody who, um, you know, Scoring wants to goals, play. Yeah. But I remember the, the first team that I was ever on, um, we didn't win a single game the first season nice. and it was so bad, but it was still really fun. And do you remember as a kid knowing that you guys were bad? Yeah. yeah. I actually remember praying before the game, every game oh, wow. and being like, can we please just get one win? Wow. Um, that was a very distinct memory that I have and it never happened, which was fine, but I, <laughs> I made a lot of friends. Um, and then, like I said, I got to the point in middle school where 
I suddenly was like trying to kind of level up. And so I was playing on like a traveling team. And that was like a really big deal because I was one of the youngest kids on the team. And I played at like, um, you know, it wasn't just like a, a local, I don't, I forget what they called it. It wasn't just like a rec league. It was like, you go and you compete in competitions right. and stuff. Yeah. And, but going from like a big fish in a small pond of like, I'm a forward, I'm running up and down the field, I'm making all the goals and then playing on a, a traveling team where now it's, you're in the age group where the, the field is so big. And I think I was like a midfielder or something like that. And you don't move around that much and you're really just there to assist. And there's really at that age, how old do you think you were at that time? In middle school. So what? Eight, nine, 10. D- no, older. 12? I don't know. I don't know how age 12. works. Uh, I guess you do have positions at that point. Oh, you have because positions, Because I think when yeah. I played, when I was like 8, 9, 10... No, you definitely have positions. They're just no, not I like... I was like 7 or 8. You're basically a forward or you're a defender. Right. But at your age, when you were playing, 100% there's positions. When I was like 7 or 8, there's no positions. It's everyone runs, runs around, around in circles, That's more like plays five. in the grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kicks, but like I was the kid who was like just going. Like yeah, I yeah. just had energy for days. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So I just remember thinking like, okay... all of the glory is basically gone. I'm also, this is also kind of where the fitness comes into play. I remember running around a lot and being really out of breath. And I didn't like feeling that way and feeling like incapable of Mm. doing what I needed to do. And I think my way of protecting myself from that was to just be like, I'm going to pick a different sport. You Um, didn't want to try PEDs or anything? Performance enhancing drugs. drugs. Okay. No, I did not consider PEDs. Um, I think I did as a kid as a Kool-Aid. Cool. Yeah, just that's Kool-Aid. just sugar, just, just straight, straight sugar. Kool-Aid Those are my PEDs. Yeah. Um, about that same time, I was in middle school and I had a teacher who was the volleyball coach and she encouraged us to try out for volleyball. I think this was sixth grade, so you couldn't play sports in sixth grade. You could play in seventh and eighth grade in middle school. Hmm. And so I remember a bunch of my girlfriends were trying out for cheerleading and I was just like, this doesn't feel right for me. I still really like the sports thing. So I didn't know how to play volleyball, but I was like, I can learn this. And so, um, I remember like my stepdad, Tom and I being out in the driveway and him like throwing the ball to me and me like learning all the moves and stuff. Um, but one of the first like memories I have of enjoying like being active was I remember at tryouts, um, for the volleyball team, we had to like run around the tennis courts for a certain number of laps or something like that. And it was sort of an endurance run. And I always had this idea that I was bad at running because of the whole soccer thing, but the competitive environment and how badly I wanted to make that team. I I won the whole, I finished it first and you can probably speak to this, but that is like, so the epitome of me and fitness in an environment where I am not by myself, I will push myself to a degree that I could never push myself by myself. And I'm sure that'll come back around, but cause it's such a like mental game for me. Um, but I remember feeling really good about that and being like, wow, I actually am more athletic than I thought I was. I'm actually more fit than I thought I was. Um, but still at that age, it was about athleticism, competing, having fun. I loved volleyball. Um, I got really good at it. And then I went to high school and my freshman year, I still was all about sports. I, Actually, the reverse story of you, which was I tried out for the volleyball team, was on JV for about a couple weeks. And then before the regular season started, they pulled me up to varsity. Well, the, I had the option to go to varsity because <laughs> I was so good after that layup. But I was like, I'll just stay with my friends. <laughs> I'll really just be with my friends. Like, I don't want anybody to, like, get their feelings hurt. I don't hurt. feel bad, you know. But what was interesting about that was um, they pulled me up to varsity and basically wanted me to be what if you don't know volleyball, what's called a setter. And so the position of setter is basically all the plays revolve around you. So you are the one that when the ball comes over, somebody's going to hit it and then they're going to hit it to you. 
And we had this like very complex system where you're setting the ball and you're calling numbers in the air so that the, the like striker or the hitter or whatever, the front people, um, you are going to call the number based on how high you're going to set it and what position on the court you're going to set it. That's a lot to think about. So it's like being a quarterback. It's like you have to learn the plays and you have to be able to call the plays in the moment. And as a freshman, I, they very much were like grooming me to be sort of the, what do they call them football? Like you're like a career quarterback, career quarterback or whatever, you know, like you're going to be the career setter for the next like four years. Um, and eight to 10 years. I I could not handle the pressure. Mm. It was miserable. It took all the fun out of playing sports for me because first of all, we had a very, we can talk about coaches. This did not mean to turn into like a sports thing and I'm sure we'll bring it back to fitness, but I just think it's interesting. But I had a coach who was very like militant, very Mm. disciplined, very aggressive. And there was no room for excuses. And I just remember being so turned off by that, especially as like a really sensitive kid. You do know uh, years later, there is no room for excuses though, right? <laughs> you do know that that still applies. Yeah, like no um, blood, no foul. That's what we say in the right. South. So anyway, the important part about that is I ended up quitting after my freshman year. And that was a hard decision because I hated feeling like a quitter. But I was in a really, really rigorous high school and I kind of chose academics over sports. But I remember once the sports kind of was gone, that was my only outlet for being fit. And about the same time, you're a freshman in high school, you start having, I mean, I'm sure earlier than that, but I just remember having a very acute awareness of feeling chubby or feeling like hmm. I wanted to lose weight. And <clears throat> and it started even way before that. So like, I don't know if any of the women out there can relate to this, but I mean, I remember even having cousins that we would spend summers with in bathing suits. And like, as soon as I was old enough to have like a two piece, which was pretty young. I mean, you start wearing those pretty young, like maybe still in elementary school, five, six years old. (laughs) I would say maybe seven or eight. I'm wearing a bikini. And I just remember looking at my cousins who were like real thin and being like, well, their bathing suit looks different on them than me. And I remember just having like such a self-conscious about like my stomach and Mm. for whatever reason I don't know if those were the messages or I mean they're still the messages but that area is for some reason the one that is like if you don't have a flat stomach you're fat you know and so in high school then I was like okay well I don't have sports anymore and I was just noticing like and it was around the time when like low-rise jeans were really in (laughs) damn you Abercrombie and Fitch and so your jeans would come all the way down to like your underwear line for those of us who struggle with a muffin top, <laughs> that is a hard thing to do. All the muffin do. toppers So then there. it's just like... That's... You... Hey, what? you were wondering what the people of our muffin show... Muffin toppers. Like our fans of our show, they're the muffin toppers. <laughs> because it's twofold. It's the people who are just we like, hey, you're goods. okay. Well, listen, we all have a little bit of muffin top. And two, damn, muffin tops are delicious. Muffin like, tops I are love, delicious. Like a lemon a good poppy seed lemon muffin, poppy seed muffin top. Seed muffin oh, top. Okay. Man. We're going to workshop it. But yeah, like, muffin tops. For, if you guys like right it, now. let us know in the comments. And I was like, dang it. And so I was always self-conscious about that. And so I can actually remember a couple of times getting home from school and being like, I'm going to become a runner. Like, I'm going to run. And so I would... Because that would get rid of your muffin top? It was the only exercise I knew how to do by myself. I wasn't going to go play sports by myself. And so I was just like, I will run. And I remember just in the Florida heat being so hot and getting home after school. And I would do it for like three days and I'd be like... Yeah. I'm going to just eat my, my instant mashed potatoes and watch Oprah after school instead of running. I'm going to grow these muffin tops. <laughs> muffin top upgrade. <laughs> it is interesting, though, how many of those little things as you, in your childhood have now 
planted seeds to who you are later on in life. So having the like militant coach, you shut down immediately shut down. if I'm trying to uh, not coach you, I think, when we're working out, but like tell you to go and do something. Like you just won't do it. But even in our lives, when I'm like, hey, you should read this book, like it's a really good book. You're like, nope, not going to do it. And I have that damn coach. Believe me, it's not just on, that coach. I, know, I think saying. it's, but that is an, an interesting thing, which we'll talk about when we started like working out together. But I think it's also, I think fitness plays a lot into your personality type. Like you have to know yourself and know if you, if you want the full freedom of being able to push yourself, if you need the help of someone else, how you like to be coached, like all those things really make a difference. Um, and then, so just briefly, I will touch on like college because then college was weird because then it was a couple years removed from me playing sports at all. And then all of a sudden the story in my head is, I'm not an athletic person. I'm not a fit person, which is crazy because it's like I spent, what, 12 years of my childhood playing sports, but then two years or three years, you know, focusing on school instead. And now suddenly in my head, I'm like, I'm not fit, you know, and I think that really played into me not wanting to work out in college and not knowing how. Like I tried a couple of group fitness classes. You go to like the gym on campus and stuff. I always felt super intimidated in the gym because yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. I did too, as we talked about Tyree, that jerk. Tyree, that jerk. I know. So I would He's stop and I would start. Um, but speaking of the like, you tell me to do something and I will do the opposite. And you asked before we started if we were going to talk about this. But I think a very, very important part in like my own personal journey with fitness was this boyfriend that I had in college who in retrospect was, I mean, I hesitate to say like verbally abusive because I feel like that is very severe, but I mean, I think at this point, if it stays with you, yeah, yeah. I mean, it felt so he would make comments all the time about needing to go to the gym. Like you should be taking care of yourself Directly better. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not like, Oh man, I need to go to the gym. No, no, but no. Like, Hey, you need to go to the no. gym. And I have this memory in my head that still stands out to me, which is the summer after freshman year, we were still dating and I had moved. I was going to go home for the summer, but like, I didn't like living at home. So I was like, okay, I'll move back to Gainesville. Even though I'm not taking classes, I'll find a job. And so he had gotten me hooked up with a couple of his fraternity brothers. And I lived on a camp on an off campus house with them. And they were great guys, totally like brothers or whatever. And he was helping me move into the house the day. And so it's a moving day. It's like moving all of my stuff into this house. We're lugging stuff up and down stairs. We're getting a mattress set up. We're doing all this stuff and I'm exhausted. And I lay down on the bed and I'm just like ready to like veg out and just be like, okay, we did it. And he's like, all right, let's go to the gym. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah. I mean, even I know, as a person who really likes to work out, like moving is pizza. Pizza. You have pizza. You after. move, you eat pizza. That's it. Does he, did he not know? I, he, he didn't missed, know. He missed the memo. And I was like, no. I, I was like, I'm not, no, I'm just going to skip it today. Like, it, we've already burned a lot of cows here, you know? <laughs> and he was like, well, I just think that if you commit to something, like, you should do it. Like, I think it's important that we, and he did this whole thing of, I think it's important that we mm-hmm. stay in shape for each other, for the relationship. And it was, and it, I just like shut down. I was like, okay, what I'm hearing from you is, and he wouldn't let it go. And that was, there were so many countless like things of that or like me trying on a dress and he sees me in it and it's like, oh, like a slight comment here or there. And I'll never forget a friend of mine in college pulling me aside and being like, I just have to tell you, I've never heard you talk about your body as much as you do now. 
she knew me in high school. So that was a really important thing too. She was like, we've been friends for years now. And I just don't think this guy is good for you. And I was so grateful that she said that because it really opened my eyes because it was one of those things where it was like a little comment here or the way he phrases it there. And it's not feeling like it's that big of a deal. But then I look back in retrospect and I'm like, like the stories that I have now made up about my body and, and my ability to work out or things like that, 10 years, 10 plus years later are still things that I have to work against. And it just goes to show you like, the power of somebody's words or, and that goes for like parents too. Like I've talked to some friends who like their parents do in doing the best that they could, but said things or planted seeds in them that then later on they have to continue to work against, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think this is, this is why when you start talking, she's like, I don't know if he's verbally abusive. I think we think of verbally abusive as loud and like angry and yeah, like volatile. And it doesn't have to be that way. I think verbally abusive can just be words that are abusive and emotionally abusive. And I've just seen it in the eight years that we've been together. I mean, fitness is, has been such a hot topic for us. And I think it's one of the few hot topics for us. It's one of the few places where there is just some deep rooted stuff for you that I trigger by things that I say. And in no way, I don't, I think you would say this very clearly to everybody. I am not a verbally abusive person at all. And I'm not manipulative at all in it. I'm just trying to be helpful if I can do that. And, And I think that we've, we've just had, and that's where this whole episode started and why we want to talk about it is we've just been on this own, our own personal roller coaster of trying to figure out how to be fitter, healthier people together right. while also dealing with a bunch of baggage. And I have my right. own baggage, which I think is just the like natural male. You're supposed to look a certain way, do a certain thing, you know, all that stuff. Um, that but that's what's interesting is like, so that's where I was coming from. That's where you were coming from. Fast forward to, you know, a couple years later after college, we meet up and we start, you know, being together. And then, and then I'm, so you at that point are like 27, I'm like 21 and I'm trying to figure out like the whole post-college adult thing of, okay, how am I going to fit fitness and health into my life? I want this to be a part of my life, but how am I going to do it? I don't have any practice at doing it. And I, that was like a weird phase for me. And I was actually so grateful that I had you who cared so much about it because I don't think if I would have picked a partner who prioritized health the way that you did, since I didn't have a model for that, I don't think that I would be a healthy person. And I think I'm a very healthy person now, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and your patience in working through some of those things that we had to figure out together, which I couldn't even articulate at the time. Like we tried working out together. So especially for us, when we, when we got hooked up, we tried some different things to see like what kind of worked in the beginning. It was basketball workouts, which was really fun. So you would, you were kind of teaching me basketball and it was playful, but we would do like suicides and we would do shooting drills. There was a lot of running and that was fun. Cause that did bring out a little bit of my like sports and competitive spirit. And that was a way that I could work out. That was interesting to me, but it was when we tried to transition that into the weight room to start lifting weights. And I think, the combination of me being in an uncomfortable environment and you being seemingly so comfortable because you're obviously a very muscular guy and me being like, okay, this is his domain. I I'm coming at it from a place of feeling weak here. And so anytime you'd try to correct my form or say you can do more reps or like push me in any way, all these things start flooding back to me, right? Like the volleyball coach, Mm -hmm. the abusive boyfriend in college, like all these things in my head about like, you're not good enough. 
you're too weak. You can't do this. You have to, you have to do this to look a certain way, which then just makes me go, I don't want to do this because I don't want you controlling me or what you're telling me what I have to do, you know? So it was like all these things that were coming up for me in that. It's really interesting to think about the timing of this. Oh, also, did you want to go ahead and name shame the boyfriend <laughs> so people could find him on Facebook? Right, and, yeah. yeah. No. Uh, he, believe me, did not, did not. Hasn't made it. Didn't. Hasn't made it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Took some what's, turns. What's life. interesting is that, so I talked about how I got really into like specifically fitness and weightlifting after I graduated college, got a job, didn't want to be at a job and just be sedentary and all that. So I got really into weightlifting when I was like 23, 24 and probably like 25, 26. I was, well, 25, I think I was in the best shape I've ever been in my life as everybody would define physically. So like had everyday abs, uh, I had been Coveted every day abs. 400 pounds. I was shut up Tyree. Oh yeah. Tyree. What's up Tyree. Uh, I could not do the shimmy thing though. No, I no. remember I actually tried it once. Oh, I'm sure yeah, you it did. Over well. It's just like, bam. Um, it, it was one of those things where trains going by. Train. It was one of those things where I, I'm, I'm kind of like at this physical peak at 25. And of course at that time I didn't feel that way. I was just like, Oh, I'm working all the time. I work out every single day, multiple hours a day. People knew me for that. Um, you know, and I was still playing basketball a ton, but the interesting thing was that I started my first business, which was a design company, working for myself, working from home, working all hours of the day. So the gym kind of fell a little bit to the wayside, but I still was in good shape. Then I started I Rear Shirt in 2000, late 2008, early 2009. And the gym was like very secondary yeah. after about the first year. So I still went consistently for the first year, but I look back on like what I looked like in 2009 and what I look like in 2010. And there's a very distinct difference specifically that I can see because you know your body so well and you know where you carry weight and all these things. Now I'm feeling a little bit like I got the short end of the stick. <laughs> well, no, but that's what I was going to say. I actually think it's a blessing that you didn't Meet, meet you. We didn't in meet 2009. in 2007, like 8, 9. Right. Because I was so obsessed yeah. with weightlifting. I, we we probably would've, wouldn't. Would've, no, it would have triggered all these things for you. I would not have had the ability to even understand why you wouldn't want to go work out or anything else. Like I was just so focused on being in shape, being a bro, lifting all the weights, eating all the whey protein, eating all the supplements. Like, And it worked. Like I looked the way that I wanted to look. Yeah. But I don't, I mean, I really think back to like, I don't think it was healthy from two fronts, both yeah. physically on the inside, but then mentally I was just obsessed with it constantly. I just had a flashback to one of the very first times, like early, early dates in our relationship. And you made, I don't know if you remember this, but you made a comment about your winter coat. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah Do you remember yeah, yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. And I'm now thinking back to, cause I don't think I fully, I don't think we've ever fully sat down and had a conversation about this. I, I'm not, I didn't realize it before, but I really think that probably in that frame of mind, you were a little bit self-conscious of like you had gained this weight oh, from, absolutely. from, from a not year a little before bit. I was every day. But of course to me, I was like, damn, this guy's muscular and hot, <laughs> hot. He's so strong. Yeah. I, w I still remember telling my girlfriends, I'm like, oh, this is such an, a weird, like a side thing, but I'm just going to share it. Cause it's whatever. But for somebody who always, I mean, I'm five, six and a half or whatever. I'm not like a small girl. And I remember telling my girlfriends and they're like, who's this guy, Jason? Like, what do you, do you like? I'm like, he makes me feel tiny. <laughs> it was like one of my favorite things, like physically of when us meeting, because you're so big. Because your winter coat. Cause Cause your I winter just coat. Yeah. Winter you would coat. just keep me warm with your winter coat. Now, yeah. I mean, what's really interesting. And just because if you're listening to this and not watching it, so maybe you don't know what I look like, or you don't know what we both look like. I'm 
six three and a half apparently, but throughout most of my life, I thought I was six four. Uh, we just got measured recently. I've been telling people six five for years. I'm six four to six five, whatever. Um, <laughs> My, so my current weight right now is about 235 pounds, which yeah. is a pretty healthy weight. I could probably still stand to lose 10 to 15 pounds to be like optimal. That feels great every day. Clothes fit perfectly, may have a couple abs peeking out here and there, <laughs> but it's, it's really hard for my body to sustain that. Right. Not as hard as most people though. I will give credit to a lot of people. It's much harder for yes. it. Um, when we were in the winter coat phase, yes. I was probably less than where I am now. Right. So that's, that's what's interesting. That's what's crazy. So uh, in 2012, fast forward a little bit here, we'll jump around a bit. That's but fine. 2012, I turned 30 years old and it was three years into my eye reassure business. Things were not going well. I the was, winter coat was... The winter coat was put, tripling up. Tri- tri- triple tri- coat. Triple tri- winter coat. Uh, muffin <laughs> tops on muffin cold. tops on muffin tops. Uh, I, I got on the scale for the first time and I don't even remember how long. And I saw a number I'd never even seen close to, and it was 265 pounds. And I just remember just being, and that's actually not true now that I think about it. So uh, 25 years old, Jason, um, I tore an ACL in my leg, probably from overlifting, but during basketballs when I I did this. Um, Literally the day after surgery, I went to the gym and worked out. And I remember working out so hard for like six months, not on my legs, but just on my upper body. And I got up to 260 pounds but I was all muscle. Like it just was all muscle in my body. And I remember getting on the scale and seeing 265 and not being all muscle. Yeah. And, and so I think, and now that I think back on it, it was twofold of how depressed I was. Number one, it was a number I had never seen before, 265. Number two, I had seen close to that number and I looked- Totally different. Totally different. So and I felt so much different confidence wise. Yeah. So anyway, I decided to do this 90 day challenge. I'd heard about these things. I'd seen them on the internet. And I was just like, I have to dedicate myself. I have to do something drastic. And so I lost uh, 44 pounds during that time in 90 days. I got down to 221 pounds. So I bring all this up to, to bring it back to the winter coat. So I think when I was like in my physical like peak in that time, you know, earlier on in like 2007, 2000, whatever, um, you know, it was really like 220 pounds. But then in the winter coat phase, I was probably like 230 pounds. And now I look back on that and I'm just like, it's so funny how our perspective changes. Well, yeah, and it's relative. Yeah, it's totally relative. And that's another thing I want to say is like, even in sharing these numbers, like I want to be very aware of people out there listening that may have different numbers yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. like more numbers. These are or, just the numbers that I've held on to completely and, and not to like put them on anybody else's. These are good or bad. Exactly. It's like my own personal story that I tell myself in my mind completely. And that's what I want to share is that we all have those numbers for ourselves. We all have those stories for ourselves. We all have like struggles with it, no matter where you sit on compared to, to each other, which I don't think is the point. I think it's about, and that's what I've learned about fitness too, is like, it has to be like a hundred percent your own journey. Like it just has to. I think that's why so many people don't stick with it is because they try and apply someone else's journey to their personal journey. And you just can't, unless you find someone who literally has the same body type, same build, which you can't, which is impossible. impossible. Yeah. And, but unfortunately you see the, the fitspo person on Instagram, you see the incredibly inspiring trainer at your gym who's in just ridiculously good shape you see all these people and that's who you're like well that's what i need to get to it's it's just so difficult to do it's nearly impossible for you to do that but yeah i wanted to actually stick to the weight thing for a second yeah and ask you and i think i know the answer to this but if i'll share my weight well sure if you want but more do you have you had like a an up and down feeling about your weight and do you feel ashamed of the number 
at all. I have felt... And I should kind of preface with this. Sure. I have never once cared about how much you've weighed. Oh, I know. I, I don't like... You could weigh 360 pounds to me, like, and it, it just like doesn't matter. I know. I for me, I haven't, I haven't really been a person who has struggled that much with the number, and the only reason is because I've been pretty much the same number my Which whole life. Yeah. Like from as early as I can remember to I've been 145 pounds to now I'm more than that. I'm like the, I think the last time I weighed myself was 153, um, but. In general, for like, I'm talking 15 years. Which it's is amazing. In yeah. the 140s. And so I just have sort of made peace with that of like, that's what my body is. That's fine. Um, but I will say, I do remember, and this is how numbers and like things that you can measure get lodged in your brain. And they can be powerful and they can be helpful and they can be motivators, but they can also be like, they can kind of trick you in ways. But I remember when we really, there was a, there was a time when we really started to kick it into high gear with working out when we still lived in Florida. I think, Do you that, remember was, that? I think that was right. Like the third 90 day challenge. It was during. It was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you were doing the 90 day challenge and I was sort of following along a little bit. And I remember I got down to 138 and I had never been in the one thirties before. Cause like I said, one forties my whole life. And I was like, what? Like my body's actually capable of this. Now I will say, I think I actually have more muscle mass now than when we were doing that before. Um, because like I didn't have a tricep, I didn't like any of that stuff, but I remember seeing that number and just being like, Oh, it gets possible. I do remember I hadn't weighed myself probably in the past six months, but whenever we hit that point, in May where I was like, this is kind of, I'm feeling like it's going off the rails a little bit. Like it's time to rein it back in and like make health a priority again. And so this is May right now, May of 2018. 18. Yeah. If you I listen went, to this in 2088, what's up? <laughs> what's Hope up? everything's cool. Flying the robots cars. take over. All right. <laughs> I did weigh myself and I saw 153. And when I say there are like moments of shame, that was a kind of a little moment where I was like, cause I, you I feel like the lowest number you've ever seen sticks with you and the highest number you've ever seen sticks with you. And so I just remember being like, wow, like is, you know, that's a 15 pound difference. Um, but again, because it's still like three pounds over that, that, you know, range that I've been my whole life, it's not, it's not like I gained 20 pounds. And so, but even if, even if I had, um, I think it's less about the number and it's more just about how I feel. Mm -hmm. And I do want to say that I think for every person you have to find what it is about health and fitness that you can grab onto for the long haul. For some people I know for like runners, it's like a meditation practice. It's like I, for our friend, Jen, like she goes there to clear her head, goes into the gym. Goes it's the gym, a, the more of a room. mental thing. Yeah. I've never been like a, I go to the gym to clear my head person. I do get glimpses of it. Um, and I do definitely see like the endorphin rush afterwards, but for me, I have realized, and I was thinking about this last night, I really enjoy the muscle building part of working out mm -hmm. because it is like a creative process to me. You are putting effort in to change your body, to do something, to create something. So like I'm starting to even, and, and in the beginning, it's not that like in the beginning, it's like, can I just freaking get there? But once we get into a rhythm with like two or three weeks, I'm now finding myself where I'm like, wow, you know, like, God, it'd be cool if like, you know, you could see my tricep when I wasn't Give flexing tricep on the video. Bah, 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 bah. Nice. I'm like, it'd be cool if like, you know, I worked on my shoulders a little bit. Like it'd be cool if I could lift my, my tush and do some more squats. Like I just view it as like more of a fun exercise of strengthening my body and seeing the muscles. And I think if there's one positive thing that has come out of like the past kind of cultural evolution of fitness. It's that I do believe that the cultural like 
metric of what is beautiful or what is feminine is now, I think more muscular bodies are accepted as beautiful and strong. And now I see women who are strong and muscular and I'm like, that is sexy to me. And and, and that's something that I, and not to say that working out is for you to make your body pleasing for another person. That is the opposite of it. Um, but I think we're all human and I can't deny that I want to look at the way that my body looks in the mirror and feel that it aesthetically, you know, looks good to me. Like that's just me being human. Yeah. Um, and so the way that I can wrap my head around that and not make it about like the voice of that ex-boyfriend in my head needing me to look a certain way is like, no, like I want, I want my shoulders to look that way. I want my triceps to look that way. And so that is what has allowed me now to this point in our fitness journey to like look forward to that. Now, do you want to name him? We have another opportunity <laughs> here. No, you don't. Okay. Yeah. I think the, the whole weight issue is just such an interesting, just paradigm of our society of like just this idea of a number because it, there's so many weird factors that go into that number. It's like the bone density, like, you know, the whole big bone thing is funny, but it is true. Like some people's bones weigh more than others. And yeah. some people carry muscle differently and some people oh. have more natural muscle. And it's just, it's so interesting when you start to actually think about that. It's like 150 pounds. Let's just take that number in general. Yeah. That is so different for so many types of women yeah, and, and men in general as well. Like you could be a five foot two, 150 pound man, and you could be one of the most prolific rock climbers that exists like, and everyone would think you're incredibly strong. You could also be five, 10 or six foot, 150. And you could be one of the scrawniest guys in it, but it, it's just like the number really doesn't matter. And I will context. say that as a woman being like, knowing that I have been in the one forties. Can I also say as a woman? No. Okay. Being a woman and knowing that I've been in the one forties for like my entire adult life, you, anytime like a woman's weight is mentioned like on TV or like on a show or blah, blah, blah. I feel, and maybe this is just my whole thing, but it's usually a shorter person than me. Cause like five, six is pretty like on the more average to high side for a woman, like five, six to five, eight, I think is probably a tall person. But anyway, so I, this, these numbers that women would always throw out about their weights were like in the teens, the one teens, mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm trying to get down to 118, or like, Oh, I'm trying to get. And here I was at like 145, just being like, am I just like heifer? Well, no, it's <laughs> crazy because that, so that is literally know, the word that you think in your head. And then you go, Which okay. is just hilarious. And then you and then you think there might be a woman who's, you know, 5'10 out there who she would, like, be unhealthy if she got to 140. You right. know what I mean? And right. so it's just that the number thing is so weird. This, the weight thing is so weird. I think that's why I have been able to make peace with it because it's just like – I mean, I, if I'm at my most fit and I'm like still 140 and I'm at my heaviest and I'm just barely out of the 140s, like, so I can make peace with that is my range. You know what I mean? Um, there's one thing that I can admit that I think I've gotten so much better at as a, as a male who has worked out and has just has natural judgmental feelings about other human beings is that I used to see very out of shape people at the gym or like out doing stuff and just being like, how'd you let yourself get like that? Like, that's the first thing I would think. And now I've shifted that to like, good for you for doing something. And I think that there's a really interesting shift. You talked about like the shift in how women are perceived when they're in in shape. And I think for like everybody who's going through their own fitness journey, and this is just what I've tried to do as well, is just to be like, you have no idea how hard it is for somebody else. Like, I think 
us sitting here talking about this, the entire intention is not to complain about how we look or how, how hard it is for us to get in shape or anything like that. Because I think on the whole, we have it so good compared to totally. most people. Now, there's obviously a spectrum of like who has it better and blah, blah. And that's not really the point. The point that I, I want to get to is like, it is exactly what you said a minute ago, which is it's everyone's own journey. Right. And I think it would just be, we would all be so much more uh just happier and more willing to invest in our, our health and fitness. If we all realize like, Hey, you're not being judged if you're not this, this type of body, or if you're not in this shape, or if you're not this number, if you're just doing stuff. Yeah. And if, and I really think that we're going to do a whole other episode about food because it deserves its whole episode, its whole own episode. Um, but I just think that there is so much that we don't understand about the human body as well. That is so complex mm -hmm. that we have won the genetic lottery in a lot of people's minds, but yet we would look at like, oh, but like, we're not those people. You know, we're not the people who, who like can eat whatever they want and be yeah. in perfect shape. And you just, we all have this own internal battle. And so I'm just saying that as much to myself to anybody else listening is like, don't judge people. Just appreciate that someone's trying and doing things. And that's the game that I try and play with myself, especially as I've gotten older. Is like, I'm just glad people are out there doing it, taking care of themselves. Yeah. I have two thoughts that I want to share, and I think it kind of... Is one going to make me cry? Yeah. Okay. But I think they encapsulate like the complexity of health and fitness and working out. And the first one is going back to the whole thing of like loving your body and loving what it looks like and all of that stuff. Like it matters that you feel confident in your own skin. And one thing that I started doing um, a while ago, even before we were like working out, because I, I would look at myself in the mirror and like many women immediately the thoughts I would have in my head are look at my, like my belly is soft or my arms are this Your or belly why can't doesn't go straight down, doesn't go straight down. Yeah. or like my <laughs> leg shake or their cellulite or like you immediately go to like all the things about your body that you've been taught are quote unquote unattractive. And so something that I tried doing, this is like two years ago, I started doing this is forcing myself to, when I look at myself in the body, like if I undress before my shower, if I'm completely naked, looking at myself in the mirror and, and pointing out things that I love about what I see. Do you want to list those things here for everybody? Yeah. <laughs> Sculpted shoulders. Like, no, but like really. And even if it's like, I can only find one thing, even if it's like, God, you know, my, my collarbone right here is like a toit, you know, like whatever it is, but you just start to go like, you really do have to retrain your thoughts in order to say kind things to yourself because we, we speak to ourselves in a way that we would never talk to another person. Yeah. And I think it's really important, especially for women to understand that and to, to recognize the power that they have over being able to change those tapes in their heads and saying, you just have to recognize when those negative thoughts are coming in and you just have to practice saying more positive things to yourself. And over time it will start to become a little bit more, you know, unconscious. And so, and it really did help. Now, that being said, I also want to say that I think, I think I did also reach a point where I was focusing so hard on not judging myself and saying like, listen, this is the, your body that you're in. Like, do not be harsh on it. Do not judge yourself. I was focusing so hard on changing that that I think I could make excuses for myself for not being healthy mm. and just going like, I, like I went so far to the other end of the spectrum where it was like, I'm just accepting my body as it is. And like, but, and that's great. But at the same token, if I'm not moving my body and I'm sitting down all day and we're not making time for the gym and we're eating out right, so much, say, yeah. like 
I can, you can easily convince yourself that you're doing it in the name of like quote unquote body positivity when really you're giving yourself a ticket to be unhealthy. And I'm not going to police that for somebody else, but I can certainly police it for myself. I can, I'll be the police. No, sir. You're not allowed. Um, but you know, I think we all have to then give our, like really take a hard look at our habits and go like, especially, you know, I think this episode is going to go, go up after the, another one that we recorded, but like my mom was diagnosed with cancer at the end of last year. And I'm not saying that anything that she did or didn't do led to that, but being confronted with a person that you care so much about, you know, in, in, you know, fast forwarding, like, I guess 30 to 40 years ahead of where you are in life and seeing everything that she had to go through and seeing how hard it was for her body to rebound from things like chemo or whatever, it really did turn a mirror to me to go, listen, I understand that we can't see the immediate effects of what eating a bad meal or eating processed food or not working out or sitting down all day. We can't see what that's doing to our bodies on an extrapolated 40 years from now scale. But I was like, you know, if I can just every day remind myself of like, what it would be like to be in the hospital and what it would be like to have your body fail you and what it would be like to not have an immune system that can fight whatever infections might come up. Like then I would make different choices today. Well, and I think one important part of the part with your mom is that she never exercised. Right. And like, so, I mean, she would walk and she would do things like that, but it was never something that she highly prioritized. And I don't fault her for that for any, by any means. But I do think when you see like someone go through like a really a health scare or something like that. You just go, I need to do more. I, I th- want to do more. Yeah. And I she think- was always like an active person, but never like really pushing the limits of exercise yeah. and what her body could do. I mean, I think it's safe to say that in your mom's life, the science has come out that physical fitness and exercise leads to being a healthier person. Like, I think that's fair to assume, right? In her lifetime, in yeah. her adult lifetime. Okay. So I'm confused of where you're going. Yeah, no, no. So what I was going to say is knowing that is like knowing that um, wearing a seatbelt while driving a car is going to potentially help you if you get in an accident. You could drive around all day long, never get in an accident. So yeah, you don't need your seatbelt. However, when it happens, you're going to want to wish that you put your seatbelt on. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing for health and fitness. And it's what I've thought since that day, pretty much after college, where it was, you know what? I just want to do stuff now yeah. because even if I don't 100% know, I just want to put the seatbelt on because if it so happens in 30 years that um, I get a cancer scare and they're like, wow, it's really good that you were in good physical shape because Sorry. you're going to recover quickly. Like surgery is going to go easy. Like any of those things, whatever is going to possibly happen. Um, I did a lot of work ahead of time to take better care of that. Hopefully I'll just miss all those things completely because I did all this stuff. And, and maybe not, but it's like, why not? But I think that's the thing. It's do it, everything you can. It, it's just that argument of like, why not do it? Yeah. You know, and it's like, why not put on your seatbelt? And yeah. just because you know that if the potential thing happens. So, well, and the interesting thing about, so all of that is to say like, you're doing stuff now so that it can impact you in the future. Right. But the truth is that when you do start taking care of your health as we have, and it's, it's kind of linked to the food conversation, you do start to realize how good your body is capable of feeling. Yeah. So that's a really interesting part of health and fitness too, is not even knowing when you don't feel good. Right. That, and to me, that's a lot with food is like, you know, and we'll talk about that more when we do the food episode, but like, I did not even understand how 
bad I was making my body feel on a daily hourly basis until we changed our food habits. And now that I know what it feels like to, I mean, I never get headaches. Yeah. I never, unless I have wine, like, you know, um, or too much sugar. I never get headaches. I used to have terrible, terrible heartburn, heartburn yep. and stomach issues and all like the time. Basically your IBS, basically yep. IBS. And and I do not have that at all anymore. Yep. At all. Um and you had a skin thing for a little while. I had that, a was skin possibly, thing. that was possibly stress. But also, yeah, I just so again, it's the same thing. It's like, and we'll talk so much more about this in the food thing, but I think it's it's also with exercise is that like your body it should detox, it should sweat out toxins. And, yeah. and when you're exercising, you're doing that, whether you're a sweaty person or not, like we're both sweaty people. So when we're we sweaters. work out, we sweat. And I feel good about that. Cause I'm like, Oh good. Like get this crap out of my body. This is one way that I can expel these things from my body. And I just, I, I think that's one thing that you also don't know if you don't work out consistently is yes, it's so awful in the beginning and it's, you're so sore and you don't want to do it. But when you get past that point, it's like anything else in life. When you get past the, the soreness and the uncomfortability and the pain of it, you start to get some of the benefits and then you start to feel like the euphoric feeling. You get the momentum. And that's, that's where I transitioned in specifically in weightlifting is that like that became a thing for me where even, you know, I could not do it for a month and I could go back in and I guarantee you I will feel so good while I'm doing it. Now I'm going to be so sore after cause I took a month off of doing it. My, my muscles are going to have, you know, be shocked, but I've developed this thing where I just get this euphoric good feeling mm-hmm. because I've done it for so long and, and done so much of it. I can't, relate to that, but, um, <laughs> no, but I think where I was going was, so we our most recent fitness yep. thing. Um, and, and kind of where we wanted to take this episode in some cases was all the things we've tried to do together that haven't worked. Yeah. So we can come back to that. Um, that's the wandering aimfully part of it. Y'all. Yeah. Our most recent fitness thing is orange theory, which yes. we're actually going to today after recording, um, a couple of these shows. Um, and, and I'm actually excited and we found, yeah, we've actually found, I think this is your euphoric thing. workout thing. And it's, I think it's, you have euphoria for it ahead of time. I think you have a little bit during, then maybe like two hours after you have some, because right after, not normally yeah. a very good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just think that's interesting. So, but let's, before we get to Orange Theory and talk about that, sure. let's just kind of maybe even rapid fire go through some of the different workouts we've tried. Oh, and then good one. if they've worked well for us or, or what, not. Yeah, and what we've picked up that we liked or didn't yeah. like from it. So okay. starting at the beginning, basketball workouts. basketball workouts. So these were essentially like just drills and things that I used to do for myself when I was, you know, trying to become better at basketball. Um, I would say on a whole, those were helpful Productive. and good Great. for us. I don't typically do them much anymore, mostly just because I'll have like two days of soreness after in my yeah. knees, unfortunately. And the dangerous territory was when, do you remember at the end we'd play one-on-one and you would not go easy on me and I would just get mad at you. Yeah. yeah. I started only playing left-handed though. I still want. Well, then it's more. Then it's, it's even, even more. Worse. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, okay, you're playing left-handed. You're still kicking my butt. You're not going easy on me. Not that I would want you to. There's really no way you can win. I'm mad. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> uh, but I do think every once in a while it's fun to do a basketball. And, I, just and it's I think that planted the seed of us liking. We we wanted so badly to work out together. Yeah. We liked working out together. We liked having fun together. It always felt so great afterwards when we when it was like this thing that we were doing together and like prioritizing our health together. So then we did working out at the shitty little gym at the the community center where we it's used like to a live. like a gated community gym. Yeah, so it's, it's like a awful, one room, small, old, old weight. Everything was old. Everything was crusty and gross. But we we got into a rhythm. We did get into a rhythm, but I don't think we ever felt good about working out together. No, it, and I was still pretty young, and it was pretty young in our relationship, and I was. 
not we were not as good at communicating as we are now i think even toward the end after we've been together for a couple years we would kind of go in and just do our different things yeah and it would be fine and we would do it um thrown in there at the same time we did some tennis workouts so we started playing tennis i very much enjoyed that tennis was fun tennis was a little bit more difficult for me because I couldn't get much exercise from it. Yeah, because and because obviously you're way better than me, and so it's not like I'm hitting them in the back corner where you have to go get it. Yeah. So that was more of like just getting some sweat out yeah. and like having fun. And I, I tried to make it exercise for myself, so right. I would just like overrun things. Yeah. Like you could never hit the ball out. And what I didn't like about tennis was that you could go for days, yeah. and I could go for twenty minutes. Yeah. Because that's the, like in the differing skill set of tennis where one person can direct the ball and I'm not even good at tennis, but like I could direct the ball on the court and I could make you move. Yeah. So you were running. You could only ever hit the ball directly back to yeah. me. <laughs> so like, like I it's could a just, miracle if it gets over the net. Yeah, so. I could just wear cement shoes and just play <laughs> tennis against you. And you I could wear your shape downs. My shape ups, <laughs> shape downs. Uh, call but back, call back, call back. I did like that. That was also yeah. kind of competitive and I got better, which you I really did. liked. You absolutely got better. Uh, we did talk about taking lessons for a little while. We didn't do that mostly because I think we were just in a financial place where we couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a couple of those workouts that didn't go well for us. Just I think it was poorly timed in what was going on in life. Well, the competitive stuff is like yeah. so to- such a toss up. Yeah. Like it's great, but then it takes a it's turn. It's also very difficult, I think, in a lot of respects of just the we're just difficult, different physical beings. Yes. So like I am I'm taller, faster. Cuter. Better. <laughs> no, but I think it's like I have so many advantages right. in all these sports. That it's hard to even. And it's just very difficult when, like, say even basketball, for example. And I've said this for so long, and I may ruffle feathers here, but I have, like, I've, I've done this. Like, I've played against the best girl that was on the D1 college team. And it, I mean, she was literally the leading, t- like, all-time scorer in the school's history. I know where you're going. It's not going to be good for I'm you. I'm not trying to make it a thing. I'm just saying, like, the physical difference between us it was not even close. And I'm not saying that to belittle the the like women's prowess in sports. That's totally, fine. But, but like, no, why but do we thing. even need to have that conversation? All I'm doing is bringing that up because it's just, it's, I'm saying it because it, it, I think it's a difficult thing no matter what for us to. So you're saying find, even if I was like a peak it, athletic it, it woman, does not matter. it would be hard. I think unless That's we fine. were. I'm happy to acknowledge the, the difference in if your, your legs are longer and your muscle mass is better, you're going to have more fr- force to run faster. Like I'm yeah. not going to deny the, the physics of being a stronger, faster person. That's fine. Now, However, we don't need to talk about you against the best woman in the world. Let's just talk about you against me. You against me is a joke. We get it. Like, no, but I'm just saying that in general. Like, I think this, the cards are stacked against a couple who wants to work out yes, together when you are point. physically very different people. That's fine. That's all I'm trying to say. If you're going to do trying... something athletic and competitive. Absolutely. Now, sure. I would love to try and play like Della Don. Like, she's one of the best female WNBA players. I would love to know at this point, like, would she just roast me? Yes, or would she be, would. But that's the thing. Like, she would. But that's the thing. I'm just, I'm just I being understand. honest with you. I understand. But since we can't prove it, let's err on the side of she would. I know. Can we also, can I, can I bring up one thing? And I, I don't mean this as a thing to capture my point. I mean it as a thing to capture my point, <laughs> which is... When I was, my first job out of college was working for men's professional tennis. And my college roommate worked on the tour as well, and he would travel. And he watched the number, I'm not going to name her name, he watched the number one women's player in the world, number one women's player in the world, the best female tennis tennis player. player in the world, play a practice 
player who was with a ranked men's player. So he's not a guy on the tour. He's just a guy that warms up the guy that's on the tour. She did not score a point. It's just him. a different way I, of playing. I, to I totally understand. I totally agree with you. I'm just saying that I think it's just when we bring up this conversation of like, there's no way that I would be. My this entire point is if you can't prove it, which we cannot, we can call Deladon. Which tweet we her. cannot. Let's tweet. Listen her. to what I'm saying. If we can't <laughs> prove it, which we cannot, then what is the point in arbitrarily basically arriving at the conclusion that men are more elite performers not, in sports than women. I'm do you hear even, do you hear what I'm saying? I do. do you hear what I'm saying? I do. Since we can't prove it, it's getting awkward. Why are you gonna ruffle the feathers if you can't prove it? I'm not trying Is it to worth ruffle. It? I'm not trying to ruffle. I know, feathers. but you did. Look what you did. <laughs> Why'd you do that? You and all the women listening are mad at me. Yes. I'm not trying to do that. I'm really just trying to But for what purpose? I don't know. To feel better than no, 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 no. Okay, no, but it has nothing to do okay, with that. Okay, fine. I can but promise I think you, this deep is a down. good. Okay, fine. But I feel like this is a really good exercise. <laughs> yeah. For what purpose? To illustrate the point that there's just such a difference that you can't overcome it. That's all. Is that a valid point? Is it a point that matters? Well, I that don't would know. to that I would have to agree that there's such difference. We can, okay, this is where we can compromise. This is where we can compromise. I also want it to be known that I am very appreciative of female athletes. I love watching female athletes in most capacity. Um, I like coached my sister up when she was growing up and like helped her get into fitness stuff. I've, I've hopefully tried to do the same with you and I've never tried to make it be something like men versus women, anything like that. I won't watch that Billie Jean King movie. I think that's what it's about. Maybe not Billie Jean King. It's, it's Billie Jean Steve King. Gorell. Yeah, I will not watch that movie. Why? Because it's it's so, even just in the trailer and the preview, I hate it so much of how much he demeans her. Like, I can't deal with I that. I know, but I watched it. And it's actually... You watched it? Yeah. That's messed up, Well, because right? it's actually... It's the... a sports movie. <laughs> that's like, you. If, if I went and watched Air Bud right now, wouldn't you be pissed? I'd be so pissed. <laughs> Don't you fucking dare. No, because the actual point of the movie is the exact thing that we're talking about right here. So I think it's worth seeing. And really, it's about pay equality, too. But anyway, we it got it really did so took can we, a turn. Can we go back you to did our, this. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. I'm you not going to edit no, it out No, you either. did. You, you literally were saying it, and you couldn't stop yourself. You were like, this is going to take it off the rails, but I have to say I it. Just, I just... Yeah, it's fine. I don't know what my point is. I'll admit the fact that I don't know what my point is. Let's go back to our... our... No, I would like to wrap this up with okay. a nice compromise, okay. which is this. I... Since we can't prove it, it's not worth saying something Since so extreme as like the best female player in any sport is not as good. Like there's no point. Like why are we even in this like false dichotomy of men versus women? It's stupid. The point is, let's bring it back to us specifically and personally. Whenever we played sports, there was a clear athletic differential in just what our bodies types and experiences would allow, which made it hard for us to play competitive things against each other and together and have it be fun for both people. Do you see how that's personal? And it's not saying a very extreme statement that we can't prove. <laughs> do you see how it's just taking our specific experience? I do. Can I also say that I've always been jealous of how much better your workout clothes look than mine? Yeah, you can okay. say that. Cool. Why? Because they just look cooler. Like we've talked about this. We've been in Target. Like my galaxy pants? Yeah, we've been in yeah. Target and I'm like, 
that's messed up. Yeah. Like all your stuff looks rad. And then we go into my stuff. It's like champion shorts and like a stupid tank top. And I'm like, this is stupid. I also want to acknowledge that I understand you're changing the topic because you feel like it got <laughs> off the rails and kudos to you. Cause thank you. Very good. All right. Let's, let's keep going on our journey. Cause if people are still listening, maybe they care about the other things. Whatever. That was juicy. Together. Everybody's like, Oh, this is getting oh good. All right. So I would say that you could throw yoga in there as a thing that we've done working out together mm-hmm. on a fairly consistent basis. Mostly we never, online. We, yeah. We never went to a studio. We went to Melanie's studio. Consistently. We never, never consistent, went to a studio. Right? Uh, we mostly just did it online at home because I just feel like for me, like, I mean, I, I get like having a yoga teacher around you can correct your form mm-hmm. and I definitely love doing correct form. That's like the thing I preach the most when I'm in the gym working out. But I felt like for what I was doing yoga for, mm-hmm. it was more for like the meditative quality, the a little bit of exercise, but more just like the mindful practice. Do you know what's funny about it though? Yeah. I don't know if you remember, I had a short stint, probably like two weeks where I went to a handful of hot yoga classes in Atlantic Beach when we lived there. Remember? Oh no, I don't remember this. I went with Terry, Thomas's ex-girlfriend. Yeah, oh, I went with Terry. He's good. (laughs) He's good. And um, she was really fit and really strong. And I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed going to a class and I felt really bad at it because I wasn't, that was like the first time I had ever done yoga, but I did see the benefit of going to like a class versus doing it at home. However, the convenience for us just kind of went out. Yeah. Um, So anyway, I feel like we did that without problem. Like, and I think if anybody has like problems doing yoga, (laughs) you got deeper problems. Like if we've like fought oh, during yeah, yeah, yeah. yoga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah, you, yeah. if yoga is a very triggering event for you and your partner, <laughs> go to therapy. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, real sorry. Uh, okay. So yoga, uh, anything else? I think. Okay. So then bar for me. Oh yeah. So we kind of then went fully separate ways. Uh, this is when we first moved to California. Yes. You went to a bar studio. No, 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 no. This is in Florida. Pure bar. Do you remember? Oh, pure barn. I did it for pure barn. six months. What I was mean, I doing at the time? Go, working out in the gym. I don't know. I was just like, I don't care where you are. Just don't, don't be here and working out with me. Um, so I had a friend of mine who, oh, that's nappy, right. yeah, in, yeah, she was in Boston and she was like, I'm trying this thing called bar, like pure bar. And I had been seeing these like bar workouts. Bar B A R R E, not pure barn. Not pure barn. Called it. That's right. Cause you love doing that. But bar was one of the first things that I, that was again, where I started to see the muscle thing and I really enjoyed it. Like, and it was one of the things that I stayed consistent with. So I started going to the studio and it was expensive. So you really wanted to get your money's worth out of it. And the first um, day I signed up, they had like a, a challenge for doing 20 classes in 30 days. Mm. And so that type of consistency really got me sort of back on the fitness train. And it was the first time where I felt like the group fitness environment really worked well for me because it was the accountability of signing up. The coaches were so good at like pushing you, but then also being so supportive. And I think that was just the thing for you that you could never walk the line of, of knowing when you could push me and when to pull back. Well, you I just think, didn't know when. And, and I think another important point was you seeing people at a comparative level physically. Yes. And so then it was the competitive aspect yeah. because then it was like, oh, if this girl next to me is going to, you know, she's in here just like I am. And if she can hold it for two more seconds, I can hold it for two more seconds. That's so like, your pee you're talking about? Hold the your pee. pee. If you, yeah. she can hold her pee. And so it was a lot of the positive things all combined. And then on top of that, you were doing a similar workout. And so over time, I could really see how I was improving. And I'll never forget, like, after going for probably, like, a month or two, I was in the shower going to shave my legs. And so I stretched out my leg, and my quad muscle was like, damn. And, like, I could see it. It said that? Yeah. My quad (laughs) muscle was like, damn. And I could see my quad muscle for the first time, and I was like, 
I've never seen that before. I just had like a thigh before and now I have like a muscle there. <laughs> um, and again, just taking those like little nuggets from it and like storing them up and being like, this is why I do this. It feels so good to feel strong. It feels so good to see your body changing and to know that your hard work that you're putting in is, is, you know, forming a result. So that was bar for me, but then we moved and I didn't have a pure bar studio by our Poway house. I had a daily method studio, mm. which was similar. It was sort of like a yoga meets Pilates meets bar, but I really liked it. It was very, um, but it wasn't like Pilates in the fact that there's like this gyroscope no. that you have to get into. The, the thing scares me. It's the really, machine scares me. I just me. don't like, like it. I could just, I look in there and let's I'm just, just like, do small movements. Why you know? we do, why do we have all this stuff? Right. So then Daily Method, I did that for a long time, really liked that. Then we moved again to Oceanside, didn't have a bar studio near us. And that's where we sort of, I was, I was like, okay, well I, this thing that's working for me, I can't do anymore because it's not near us. I don't know what I did us. throughout this whole time, by the way. I think I just did like little workouts. Oh, we did have the hill in Poway. The so hill. we ran some hill sprints. And like and, garage weights and yeah, stuff like that. Weights, but, right. but truthfully, we both gained back some yeah, weight. Yeah, I think I got back up close to my 2012 peak weight at that time. And that was actually more out of comfort because we just had a very comfortable lifestyle at yeah. that point um so and we my were just winter coat was bad well and it was more about like exploring california and this yeah. big life change and the move so it just wasn't a priority um but then we went to oceanside we finally this was i think a maybe a year before oh remember the the beach gym yeah we joined this like beach gym. This amazing gym. We found this really cool gym. It was like a mile or two from the house and it was like all open in the back and there was a big sand area where they did some like aerial yoga and stuff. We never did that, but, um, and it was just really like well laid out, real thoughtful. It just had a really cool vibe. And it didn't feel intimidating. No, and it was super affordable and as it, well. But it wasn't like a big like gold gym or something. It no. was like a great little local gym. Yeah, it was really cool. And, and so we just really liked it. It was super bright in there and we started going there and I think it was like, Two weeks later, like, yeah. we had signed up for a monthly membership. And like two weeks later, we showed up one day and like people were standing outside or someone was standing outside and it was just locked and no one was there. Yeah. And we're like, what? What? And I had even like met a massage therapist there who was working on my knees a little bit. And we like, I got treatment inside there. There was like a separate room. And I remember calling her and she was like, yeah, the owner just kind of like upped and left town. Yeah. So that sucked because we had all thing. this momentum and then it just was like shut down and we were determined not to let that kind of stop came, us. We came back together at that point to go, all right, you don't have a, a pure barn location that's good for you here. Um, there's no garage for me to do, you know, weights and stuff out of anymore. Let's try and come back to working out together. Let's find a way that we can do that. And I think we had also evolved so much as fitness people in that time. I was less of a fitness bro. You were less intimidated by fitness because yeah, you had gotten in better shape. Totally. And the bar stuff I think was really important for me to build up my mental strength too, of proving to myself like, oh, I can do things that I don't think I can. I know when to push myself, you know? So I think also you with like, I think in your eyes, I got a little bit of respect too, you know, of you being like, okay, she actually can she actually does know when she can push herself and when, and when she, something like hurts or doesn't feel good or whatever. Like you started to trust that it wasn't just me trying to like dip out if I was like, Oh, this doesn't feel right. You know? Um, and so we were trying to do the gym thing again. The I weird, will say just touching on yeah. the respect thing for a second. Um, the only thing I've ever wanted from you, and I've probably never said this to you. So I'm saying it to you now for the public to hear. This is why we do this. The only thing I've ever wanted from you in working out is that if you've done stuff you already have done or know how to do is not to ask me about it. What do you mean? So like, hey, Carol, do chest press 12 reps. You don't need to ask me how much weight. You don't need to ask me how to do it. We've done that like 100 times. 
it's the like care that you put into remembering how to do it that matters to me. You have never articulated yeah, that I'm, to me. I think I'm realizing that. I think I also realized that the last couple times we were at the gym, uh-huh. where we went to the gym because we didn't go to Orange City or whatever, mm-hmm. and you just do the whole workout by yourself. Now, granted, you do have an app, so that's helping you, but I feel like you could do it without the app and you would actually know the exercises. That's not true. I would need, <laughs> I would definitely need the app, but I did not ever know that that was a, an important thing for you. If anything, I thought that you always appreciated that no, the you opposite. were the, okay. No, the opposite. Okay. Because we've worked out for so long in a gym environment with weights that like, if I tell you so to what do is a it? bent over one arm row, like you just go and do it. Yeah. I think it's the care and the, the, intention behind taking the time to understand what you're doing and the and to remember that you're it. doing and to remember and commit it to, Hey, and I've I think, done this and I should know how to do I it. I think that stems from the bigger thing in our relationship, which I have learned, which is that when you are the personality type that you are, a lot of the responsibilities fall to you. And when you're the personality type that I am, it's easy to, I don't want to say take advantage of that, but it's easy to use that person as a crutch, which I know I do in our relationship. Mm-hmm. I take for granted sometimes the fact that you're going to be the one to book the flights. You're going to be the one to remember the passports. You booked some flights today? I did. Did it suck? Yeah. (laughs) You're going to be, you know, like those things, you do those things in our relationship. Yeah. So I understand now, I did not know that this idea translated to the gym environment, but now I know. So I will do a better job of trying to mentally. I hope I didn't come off like a dick. You did I wasn't trying to. You totally did I was more just. Like I just, that was like a thing that was like, bing, it hit in my brain. No, that's more of a thing of me just being like, I'm glad that you voiced that concern or that feeling that you have. Because if I don't know that, I can't change my behavior. Uh, So that beach gym closed on us. And then we remember, I remembered that when we looked at our place, they had another place they showed us. And in that place, there was a small community gym, much like the one we had in Florida, but at least it was more updated. And, um, I just remembered it being decent. So we, we could actually walk to it. It was three quarters of a mile Which there. Was perfect. Yeah. It was great to like get out, walk, and we would walk down there. Um, and so that was actually really great. It, and it cost us nothing. It was like $35. We ended up doing that us. for about a year. There was never anyone, I think oh, probably twice there yeah, were people in people. the gym. Yeah. Never saw people and they had a little like 16 inch color tv that you could watch the voice on it was monday but you couldn't really hear the couldn't hear the audio couldn't tell they were good or not yeah yeah we're like is is it just us or is every person off key and then we're like it's the tv it's tv TV shitty but we i think we did pretty well we got into a rhythm actually like did a fairly good job uh that was where our friend jen would start to work out with us a little bit too and we i think that was actually where we started to realize Again, like you just thrive in a group work on environment. Us solo, I just think there's so much there in the competitive stuff and in the unfair advantage physically that where I can work out and I can lift weights for an hour and a half and it's literally not taxing on me. I mean, it is if I'm like really pushing myself, but even to the point where we're doing like similar amounts of weight for stressing our body, I can go for so much longer and you can't. And I think that just became a real like tipping point for us. I want to touch on that because that's exactly what it was. I have realized that, and I guess this makes the whole like men versus women aside worth it because it it does touch on that. But it's like, I realized that the thing that drove me absolutely insane and just made me want to like throw out my hands and respond negatively to us working out together was that it always felt so hard for me. Like it always felt like I was giving it my all. Like I was trying as hard as I could. I was pushing myself. Um, and mentally I was fighting all these battles in my head with myself and it always appeared so easy for you. And there was never an exercise that we could do where I could feel like I was mentally 
going through as much rigor as you were right. or the opposite right. that you were going through right. enough mentally rigor as I was. And it like burpees. So then just it just like your nemesis. So then it just made me shut down because yeah. it was like, I don't have anything to help. Like it didn't feel like we were in the trenches together. It felt constantly like you were in a position of quote unquote power. And I was in, I was the weaker one in every situation. And I have this, you know, psychological thing that when I feel weak, I just, I opt out because yeah. I don't like the way it makes me feel. And so that's what happened over and over and over again is, and then what would happen is you'd want to push me. So you'd want to be like, you can do this much more. Are you, because you could. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, no, but I'm, that, I'm, no, I, that wasn't really, I say that though, from a, a place of like, I've yes. watched you get stronger, yes. invest the time and effort, and you 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 physically could do those things. That's and I, fine. I wanted that for yourself. That's to fine. Get and super I sculpted shoulders. And I appreciated that. But what I really responded negatively to was in that type of a power dynamic relationship, then that person saying you can do more, it just compounds the feeling of weakness. And then also in my brain, it was like, okay, so you don't trust me to push myself. Like you don't trust what I'm, when I'm telling you that this feels like it's like, I'm, it's too heavy for me, or it feels like I'm gonna, I don't, I can't do this with correct form. You don't trust me when I say that. And that was always very triggering for me as well. And so the difference is that in a group fitness environment, you have a coach, but she's coaching, she or he is coaching multiple people. And so you never feel like the spotlight is directly on you saying, well, Your and, feelings and, aren't valid. And constantly. So even if the spotlight is on you for the two seconds right. she's talking to you, it's not a constant. But what I love about it is it's always coming from a place of trust. It's trust your body, trust your journey, well, trust and, your mental state for the today. Yeah. What I was going to say is because we haven't even gotten to the workout that we're actually doing now that we both like, um, is that when our friend Jen started working out with us, I think you just saw, even if she was stronger in a certain exercise or you were strong in a certain exercise, you, there was just someone else to take some of the like power dynamic competitive. Exactly. It felt like we were in the trenches together. Yeah. Right. Like it felt like we were on more of an even playing field. I really hope that people listening to this episode don't hate me by the end of it. I'm having a lot of self-conscious feelings about how much of an asshole I sound like. Come here. You're not. Come here. You're not an asshole. Just like this, like bro lifting weight guy, forcing everybody to just do his thing and he no, can beat Della Don is, in a game listen, of one-on-one. If people are listening to the show by now, they know that one of the things that I love about you is how honest you are. You just are a much I more honest I, person I, than I normal people. I can't keep the thoughts inside my head. I understand that. And that's why I love you. But it also means that I sometimes have to just smooth it over for you. <laughs> just smooth, smooth over it my over. muffin top. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out muffin tops. Love you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that fast forwards us, uh, now an hour and some change in here to the workout that we're doing right now that we've been doing for not two, right now. Well, not right now, but in a couple hours, but for the past two months, two we've months. gone fairly consistently. Uh, I will preface this by saying it is not a cheap workout. It's expensive. And I would say it's not even moderately. Yeah. It's, it's an expensive workout. And I think that, um, I had a lot of hesitation going into it because I do not like the group dynamic of working out. I prefer the mental meditative state of working out where I'm in my zone. I've got music blaring in my AirPods and I'm just doing my own thing. Can I set the stage for people of this latest like iteration of us trying to get healthy? Sure. Cause I think it's important. So about two months ago, we were, we had just kind of kicked things off with wandering gamefully and trying to build it. And we were, things were, well, pick- two months ago as of recording this. So yeah. let's quantify so, okay. that in May. 
May end of May. Yeah. We had been working on Wandering Aimfully for about um, two months at that point, working really hard. Um, that was like our baby, our focus. We were working together a lot more. And it was just becoming very easy for me to be like, I'm not going to go work out today. We were At that point, we were just going to the Y, to the gym. And so every time that it would come, and we didn't, weren't really like, we didn't have special days that we went or a real schedule. And so every time it would come around to be like, want to go to the gym today? I'd be like, I'd rather work. And... I remember it was a Monday morning and you, we have these meetings on Mondays, but mostly every day of like, what are we working on for the day? And you brought it up in a very sensitive, as sensitive as you possibly could way in the opposite of college boyfriend way. Can you just uh, look into the camera and just tell everybody this, how sensitive he was and thoughtful So sensitive, not in a douchey way. Yeah. Um, you basically said, Hey, I just, I really think we need to keep prioritizing our health. And I really think that we shouldn't let, you know, the whole gym thing, like fall by the wayside. And because like I had had all, of, like I've gone to the gym before and stuff like that. I, it wasn't easy to hear that in the moment. And I think I'm pretty sure I got mad at you in the moment. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It turned into a fight. That's fine. <laughs> because of, I have all those stories from the past. Obviously you guys know now that that sort of triggered me, but I took a second and I went, I went off in our bedroom and I just like, it derailed my whole day. I'll be honest, because I was like, and I just thought, is there truth in what he is saying? And, and do I want to be this person who, when that type of feedback is given to me, I shut down and I run away from it, which I have done often. And I thought to myself, he's right. Like I do want to prioritize my health. It's just very hard for me. And I can either throw out my hands and say, it's too hard. And I'm just always going to fight this battle or I can do whatever I need to do in order to fall in love with fitness again and fall in love with working out again and find something in the process to enjoy. And for like a half a day, I researched fitness things and I watched YouTube videos of people like transforming their bodies and I just got jacked up and I just was like, <laughs> I, really, this is really what I did because I, I say this to you guys in full like embarrassment to the muffin tops, to the muffin tops out there. <laughs> I say this to you because it's a little bit embarrassing, but it's also like, I know if you're listening to this right now and you're in one of those slumps where you just have fallen off the wagon and you don't know how to get back on. This is exactly how I got back on YouTube, the shit out of some, some fitness videos. And I remembered this was also coming off of my girls weekend and my friend Britt, um, actually a couple of my girlfriends from college do orange theory. And I had heard about it, but I was like, this seems like too intense for me. And like, yeah, crossfitty, crossfitty. And I just didn't like it. But Britt, the day before she left, we walked up to go get coffee together and I was asking her all these questions about it. And she was telling me about it. And she's like, it's funny because it's very, she's like, I think it's very well suited for like type A personalities who like structure and they like to like go and like work really hard. She's like, but the people who are attracted to it, are probably the people who don't need that structure and the people who do need that structure are probably too scared to do it. And in that moment when she said that, I was like, I'm in the second category. <laughs> like, that's me. I need that, but I'm super scared to do it. So that means I should probably do it. So then I went on this whole hunt of Orange Theory videos and I demystified it a little bit. I figured out what all the terminology was and what I had to do to get started. And then I think I brought it to you. I remember I came out of our room and I was like, I understand that what you said <laughs> hurt my feelings in the moment, but it was truthful. And I know that you're just saying that because you know that health is one of my values, but I'm not living out my values right now. And that's very important to me. So I would really like to say thank you for bringing this up. <laughs> like I did that. Yeah. And we signed up. Well, and then you were like, 
And I, you were like, I've been researching fitness things and I want to try this thing called Orange Theory. And I'm going to send you a video of the guy that I watched who does it, who is not a super in shape bro at this. He's just a normal guy who's been doing Orange Theory for however long. He has a YouTube channel about it. Uh, what's his name? Andrew Coleman Smith. If you want to find him on YouTube, Andrew You'll Coleman love him. Smith. He's great. Um, and if you want to try it, you can go try it. And my first inclination was... I don't want to do this because I have a good thing going like where it's a struggle for you to get the momentum to go to the gym. It's not for me. Never. I can literally at any time, if you're like, want to go to the gym? I'm like, yeah, sure. I, like it, And I think it's also just because I've done it for so long. It's now like ingrained in me of a thing. So I have that working for me. And we also found this out through a, a conversation one day going to the gym is that you have such a high uh, switching cost when it comes to working out that if you take two weeks off, you may as well start completely over in the mental battle that you have to fight to get there. Yes. But if you keep going, that mental battle gets so much easier and you can be the one who's like, hey, you want to go work out today? Three weeks. Which is when I'm like so turned on. I'm just like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> My quads are like, damn, damn. For me, it's three weeks. If I can get, even, and it's not every day, it's like if I can just go regularly for like two and a half weeks is the point something in my brain switches where it's no longer such a mental battle to just get there. And then I can look forward to it. And that's where I start to enjoy it. But those first two and a half weeks are brutal yeah. to get me to go. And I remember telling you this and I was like, I know you're probably not going to like this because you had made it very clear that you do not like group fitness things. But I was like, it's really important to me that you go to this because if I do like it and I do decide to go, the only regret that I had about getting into bar even though you went that one time for bring on the men, which I appreciate was that I felt like I loved it so much and I was working so hard, but I needed you to know that when I like disappeared for two hours that I was working my ass off and that you weren't like having a side chick. Right. Like a side that made me like super sweaty. Yeah. But I needed you to, <laughs> I needed like there, I, there was something about me needing not approval from you, but like validation from you of like, I see you trying. I see you like working on this, I see you doing this thing that you say that you want to do. I see how hard it is for you. Like I just wanted that because I think ultimately that would help me feel seen and like that, that, that effort was going noticed, you know? Yeah. And for, for everyone listening, uh, or watching, I remember having just this feeling immediately of, I don't want to do this stupid workout. I don't care about this at all. I have my own thing that I like. And then I was like, you know what? Uh, number one, I'm not afraid of this workout. So like there was no fear for me. Uh, it, it was more, um, I just don't want to do it cause it's out of my routine. But then I switched over to, you know what though? I should try this because one of the things that we've talked about wandering aimfully is the wandering part. And so I should be open to this new experience. And also I should just be present for Caroline in this moment of you want to try something new. And I know that you naturally are going to be a little bit nervous. You're going to be a little bit, so it's going to be easier Anxiety. for you to find there. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, yeah, I should show up for you and I should do this. And, uh, and so I just was like, yeah, whenever you want to go, you know, hundred percent, happy to do it whenever you want to go. Uh, and so you called and had like a 30 minute conversation with some woman on the phone. They're like laughing. And I was like, what, what are you signing <laughs> yeah, up for? They were really nice. Yeah. Culty. A little bit culty. culty. Um, uh, she was like, do you like Kool-Aid? What flavor? Which color? Do you like purple? <laughs> and I was like, give me all the Kool-Aid. Yeah. The orange kind, please. Um, so we did go. Yep. And I were doing it and it's a very overwhelming sensory experience the so first you, time you yeah, go. If you've never heard of it, essentially there's three areas of working out. You have treadmills where you do some type of running or walking. 
you have uh, rowing machines where you do some type of rowing or rowing, <laughs> and then you have the floor where you have a, a bunch of free weights, and then you also have the what I call the T-Rex bands. Right. Um, T-Rex bands. The TRX bands. Um, they also have some medicine balls, but it's basically like floor, you're lifting weights, rowing, you're rowing, treadmill, you're walking, you're yep. running. And, and you, you, every, you rotate through the things every single workout. Yep. And every workout's different and you're doing different things on them. And, but there's a lot going on. So like if you're on the treadmills, you have, um, you know, a, a base pace as they call it, like a pace where you're just either walking, running or jogging. Um, and that's, what's really cool about the workout. I think is that they, you can basically tailor it to whatever level that you're at. And I won't get it too far into the details because it's yeah. like well, in that, the weeds, but honestly, that's why I never joined CrossFit because number one, I just, I don't know. I just don't like the group atmosphere of that, but I didn't feel like going in there. Like I could start out and not be judged, especially as like a bigger in shape dude. Like I just felt like everyone would be like, why aren't you lifting heavier? Right. You should be doing more reps. You should be doing faster, whatever. This workout, I went into it being like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like you could just choose your own adventure of yeah. how difficult you want this to be. And even like if you are in really good shape, you could just go in on a day where you're like, I just feel like crap, but I want to get in here and I'm going to, I'm going to be at the base phase. I'm going to do yeah. the lower end of the rips or weights or whatever. Well, and, and it's okay. Yeah. It turns out being really cool for you because you have terrible knees. And so for any of the cardio tread stuff, yep. you, you do the incline walks. I'm walking with the old ladies. But, but but like contrast with what you just said about CrossFit, people probably look at you and they're like, oh, there's this big muscly dude, but you're on like the crazy incline. Yeah. And so nobody judges you for it. Cause yeah. they're like, that, they're like they're, what's he doing going yeah. like 60 degrees uphill? Yeah. So after that workout though, after about 10 minutes in, I just, I focused on listening to the coach and the coaches are incredible because they're telling there's, you everything yeah, that you need to know. Um, and it's so really I, hard to pay attention to how hard that workout is, especially the first time. Cause you're because just, you're just so many things you have to do. Yeah. Which I loved. Cause I was yeah. like, I love being directed as Jason pointed out. I do not like remembering what type of weights I need. I don't like remembering <laughs> how many reps I need. So somebody telling me what to do at all times is great for me during the workout. I'm like, Jason is hating this. He is going to hate this. Why do you think I was going to hate it? Oh, just let me list the things. <laughs> <laughs> the coach who our first coach named Anthony, who is a adorable sweetheart, huge muscles, well, like shorter guy, huge muscles, super sweet. But I was like, Jason's not going to like this, like alpha male, like muscular person telling him what to do. Number one, because I know your body. Number two, music choices was just questionable at best. Oh, did we have Cotton Eye Joe on the first day? No, but you, it wasn't great. Yeah. And I know that you like being able to be in your headphones yeah. and choose your music. So I was like, music, he's not gonna be into it. Three, just like all the chaos. There was just like a lot going on. Like you told me that the whole reason you work out is so you can be in your head and like in your zone. And I was like, he's not gonna like all this stuff. Um, those were the top three reasons where I was like, he's going to hate this. And we finished the workout. I almost die, which is fine. I really enjoyed it though. And afterward, they kind of show you on screen. So you wear these heart monitors during the thing and it shows you what zone you're in based on your heart rate. And you're trying to get kind of in the orange zone, which is why they call it orange theory, which is like you're pushing yourself a little bit. Um, and so afterward, they have the coach kind of show you what your stats mean up on the screen. And before the guy even gets through the stats, Jason's like, all right, we're in. Like, where do we sign up? And I'm like, what? So I need to know during that workout, 
what happened? Well, I think for me, so I went into that workout just not knowing anything. I didn't, I mean, I literally didn't even look up a work, like yeah. see how it worked. I just understood we're going to be on a treadmill. We're going to be on a rowing machine. Um, I like a rowing machine. I think it's fine. I don't do a lot of it. So it's, I don't have any like bad feelings about it. Um, I'm not going to run on a treadmill just because I know it's going to hurt. So I'm going to do incline walking, which is great that they have an option for that. And then I, and the treadmills are like bouncy and the yeah, they're the like hydraulic treadmills. So they have a lot of bounce to them. And then yeah, the floor, like I'm totally comfortable doing weight workouts. So as I get going and as we start doing it, I just had this thought of like, we're going to be on the treadmill for a long time. We weren't, we were on the treadmill for like 13 minutes. Yeah. Something like that. And it was just constantly changing. So you're just constantly changing different things. And, and then it was like, okay, now go to the rower. And then we're like, okay, you're gonna be on the rower, but then you're going to go to the weights. And I'm like, Oh, this is kind of fun. Like I've never done a workout like this where I'm constantly moving. And the only thing I can liken it to is I actually did some high intensity training workouts, um, that like professional athletes do after my second knee surgery to try and actually get back to my, and that was the one where I was like always changing. And I, I did like it. It was just extremely hard. So I think doing this, this and it was difficult but it wasn't as hard as what I remembered from a workout like that and I think that's also why I like Orange Theory is that the thing I like about lifting weights specifically is that there's always more weight to be lifted there's always more reps to be done I don't care about how much weight I lift anymore I care about perfect form feeling doing those things um, and so that actually matters to me that I can like see improvement in that so Orange Theory is really interesting because you can always do more on the treadmill. You can always row harder, faster, with more power, with more precision, whatever. And in the floor, you can do all the things with weights. And so when I was in the middle of it, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, I can see how this can be challenging on so many different fronts. And it's not just going in, being on a treadmill, being on a row or lifting weights, and like it's gonna be ho-hum after the first couple of days. Right. There's always something different and challenging about it. Yep. And, and so that for me was why I was like, oh, I like this. Because I clearly knew that you would like it. I saw that you were liking it while we were working out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let's do it. Like this is something that I can totally get behind. And I like working out together. Like it's something I've tried to yeah. have us do for a long time. That was my favorite thing about it is like secretly I hoped you were gonna like it because I also I like the idea of working out together. I like working out together. It's just, we had never found a practical solution for doing that. And I think what we love about this is we don't talk the entire time. Yeah, it's helpful. <laughs> we're working out together, but we're not. I'm not, I'm but, not correcting your form. Right. But it's fun yeah. because, because it's so, because it's so tailored to you being able to challenge yourself. What's cool about it is like, you can see when I'm working my ass off. And even though I'm not matching row for row with you, or even though you're way ahead of me on the circuit or whatever, you can see I'm working my ass off and like, we'll high five each other on the way back and forth. Or we'll, you know, like butt bump, butt bump on the way. <laughs> and it's just this fun thing where now we get the best of both worlds where it's like, I have a workout. I really enjoy it. A group fitness environment. I feel like people seeing you or seeing other people working out next to me are pushing me. I'm getting better at things. It's all the type of exercises I, I like to do, but then we get to have that encouragement together and feel like we're, um, working out together. And then on top of that, because you go to, if you say, if we say we're going to go, if I, if it was just me, I would be like, I'll cancel today. And yeah. you don't let me cancel. You're my like built in accountability. Yeah. And you yeah. drive me there and it's great. <laughs> and I like it. I, I mean, I, I've, I vacillate back and forth on whether I like the coaches for the majority of the time. I do think it's very helpful just from a standpoint of there, we're doing exercises I've actually never done before, especially yeah. in like the weight stuff. Like I'm like, how have I never done this movement before? This is really interesting. And then you realize like, oh, I've just gotten in my habits and which so, I love. Cause yeah, it's, so it's, it's interesting to, to like change up how you're doing things. And, and I think that's a really big benefit to it. Um, but I think the thing that I really do like that you touched on is like, I actually feel like there are certain parts of the workout where I can win. And that for yeah. me is like the athleticism, the competitive nature that I, 
have kind of just gotten rid of with basketball because we didn't even really talk about how I can, you know, like my journey through basketball. Um, but I just have stopped playing organized basketball and I don't care anymore. I don't have that competitive drive. And this is actually like a little bit of the competitive drive for me. Totally. Where sometimes I'm just competing with myself where I'm like, I want to do this. But a lot of times I'm just competing with the room and I'm like, can I row faster to get to these exercises, to get to this and then finish this entire circuit that I can tell no one else is going to be able to finish. And And like I get self fulfillment from that. Not because anybody else is losing, but because I'm winning this own little weird battle I've created for myself. Which is fine. That's what drives you. And it it all goes back to what we said in the beginning, which is like, you have to find those things about fitness or about working out of your motivators. motivators. Like what pushes you? What what keeps you accountable? Like all those different things. And I think for me, it was also not making it because originally back in May when when I decided to like kind of get back on the wagon, I wanted it to be about where could I be in three months? How much weight could I lose? Or, you know, where, where could I physically see the differences? Cause it's not as much weight, but we took like before photos and I wanted to see the difference, but very quickly it became clear to me that like, that was a, that was a really fast way to, to fall off the wagon again. And, right. the, and I'm just so tired of us stopping and starting. I'm so tired of it. So I have to find something that's sustainable. And the only way to do that was to then not focus on the result or what I was trying to achieve, but instead focus on the process itself. Like, can I just get to the place where I enjoy working out and where I don't dread it and where I don't see it on my calendar and go, Oh, we're doing that today. And so far I feel like we're getting there. And also the other thing for me too was, can I do something where when we go on a week vacation and we come back, I don't completely fall off the wagon and destroy any of the progress that I built. Like, and for, and, that I think is one of the major benefits of us doing it together is like we went to Mexico, we came back and within the first two days we were back in the gym. And I, I give credit to you for keeping me accountable to that. But that felt so good to me because even though it was so hard for that first week back, I got back on the wagon and we didn't completely lose all of our yeah. progress. And that is like such a win to me. Why are you doing that well? Why are you doing it's that just very close. Yeah. Uh, no, and I, I agree. I mean, I think it's, again, as we said in the beginning, it is not a cheap workout. So it's not one of those things where you can be like, everyone can do this. You can just go sign up your local gym and it's like 50 bucks a month. Um, it's but expensive. Do, but what do we talk about? It's like if... Well, it's investing in our health. Yeah. yeah. So I was just going to say, I mean, I think... You know, for us, we've made a bunch of transitions, um, health and fitness wise, one being going to a fully plant based diet and, um, and that has proven to have its own benefits, but it's also just like, I'm investing in the long term of my body and of our planet. Uh, and then also for fitness stuff, it's like, yeah, you know what? This is $350 a month for us combined to go to this thing. Cause we do the unlimited so that we just don't have to worry about how many classes and we could save a little bit of money by not doing that. And that is probably going to sound like a lot to people. Cause it sounds a lot to me. It is a lot, loud. but, but it is 100% an investment in our health. And, and I think the key is, is that I look at that amount of money spent and I'm like, I need to get my use out of that. Like right. if I'm going to put up that much money, I have to go three times a week and we have to make it happen. And that's where we're getting to. And we had to work up to that. I mean, we went like once, maybe twice a week in the beginning, cause it was just such a hard workout and there's a lot of recovery time from it to now we've built up to where we could go three times a week, given we, if we didn't have such a heavy workload, like physically we could go. Um, and I'm looking forward to like continuing to do that even further. So, yeah. And the way I look at it with the money thing is like, it is a lot of money, but you and I talk about what is the hidden financial cost of medical bills down the road? What yeah. is the hidden financial cost of being sick more often? And then the lost work time of having to like be sick. And this is putting our seatbelt on. Exactly. And, and it's just workouts. It's yeah. buying a real nice seatbelt with like a fluffy thing yeah. that covers up. And we always talk about our values and spending time and money and 
things like that and effort on the things that you value. And so it's like, if there's one thing that I'm willing to spend money on, it's my health. It's this one body that I'm given. Like my time here on this earth is predicated on whatever this body chooses to do. So if I don't stretch out, you know, the ability that it has, then I'm just cutting myself short and I'm giving myself less time here with the people I love and the things that I love doing and being a human is cool. So I view it as if there's one thing I'm going to spend money on, it's trying to squeeze out as long as possible that this body has this shell. That's a long journey through our fitness. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, do you want to wrap up here with Wugtafi? Everyone's favorite yes. segment. Yes. Uh, hope you enjoyed that episode about fitness and, and all the things we talked about. Now we're going to finish up with a little segment that we call, we Googled that for you. Or as Caroline likes to say, we'll good to fee. Caroline doesn't like to say that. You don't like our acronym. No, I don't like the acronyming. Is it my turn? Yes. This segment of the show is where we bring some fact, some idea, some thought, some something that we don't think the other person knows. And probably the majority of the muffin tops out there don't know either. Um, I'm going to make that a thing. Uh, Is is that... uh, People are going to start mailing us muffin tops. Ooh, but like the tops of muffins? Yeah. Oh, I'm down. 100%. (laughs) Uh, We're sponsored by muffin tops. It's only the tops of muffins. Um, So you're going to bring something to this. I'm going to try and guess what it is without knowing what it is. Hopefully I don't know this. I'm probably not going to know what it is. And then you're going to tell me and the folks at home what it is. Okay. This is another phrase one. Okay. But I heard it the other day and I was like, where does that come from? Why does that make sense? So where does the phrase straw that broke the camel's back come from? Well, if I had to guess, yes. uh, back in when the Prince of Persia was the Prince of Persia. Sure. Yeah, this is like... Jake Gyllenhaal. Many, many years ago movie. when Jake was doing this. Yes. Uh, essentially, camels were the only way to transport anything. There wasn't like United Moving Company or two guys in a truck like Got there it. is now, you know, yep, those yep, things. Yep. Uh, so camels had to carry everything. Okay. And what they realized was a camel could hold a certain amount of weight. And the only way they found what that was, was they had a scale that the camel stood on packed them up with weight and they would use pieces of straw yes. to get like the final gram or ounce yeah. depending on your, your measurement system. Um, and it was just one, one would break the camel's back and, and they killed that first camel, but they found out what the weight was and that's how it came to be. So that's obviously wrong, but, <laughs> but really close actually. They, oh wow. Cause I don't know why I found this. It was the Prince this... of Arabia, not the Prince that's of Persia. That's correct. Okay. You, you screwed it up. Happens all the time. <laughs> I don't know why I like when I hear this phrase, straw that broke the camel's back, I never really equated like the straw, like that camels would transport straw or something. I mean, but yeah, that's where that comes from. But here's what I, what is interesting about this. So it actually comes from a proverb, like a very ancient proverb saying that, um, it's the last straw that breaks the camel's back. So it's actually the, the meaning behind the phrase and the meaning behind what the proverb is supposed to communicate is something where very incremental, seemingly insignificant things build up over time mm-hmm. until one final thing makes a very dramatic result from uh, that. But it's so, not really the one final thing. It's the sum of all. Exactly. The Got it. So that's, what's interesting. I didn't realize that that's, I mean, it makes sense when you use it in context, right? But what's also cool is that um, it actually like is derived from many other interpretations of this proverb. So it is seen many different ways. Like in 1677, it appears as it is the last feather that breaks the horse's back. Ooh. So it's a feather. In um, it's mentioned in 1799 as the last straw that overloads the camel. Oh, interesting. So An oriental you know. proverb. In 1832, it was the last ounce that broke the back of the camel. Oh, still a camel. The last straw will break the camel's back. As the last straw breaks the laden camel's back, 
And then finally, in 1876, this final feather broke the camel's back. So it's like something about feathers and horses and camels and well, straw. mostly camels. Mostly, mostly camels. camels. I will say that. But then here's one more interesting tidbit. Whoa, we got more. Did you know that this is also where just the phrase, the final straw, comes from? No. Or the last straw. That's fun. I always thought of it as like a straw. Like it's the oh, last like straw. Oh, like a drinking straw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I always thought of it as like... A piece of hay. You always thought of the phrase, the last straw, as a straw? No, I didn't. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just repeat this out loud that your brain was like, yeah, they must be referring to straw. No, I didn't. So anyway, those are related. That's where that comes from. We Googled that for you. We Googled that for you. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, As always, if you liked it, feel free to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. uh, We will send you a postcard in which we review your review. This is a real thing that we do. So if you leave a review, take a screenshot of it and email it to us, uh, just hello at wanderingaimfully.com and include your mailing address. We will literally send a real postcard in the mail back to you leaving a review of the review that you left. So make it good because you want to get a good review. It seems like a really weird and fun thing to do. And it I is. think if you like us, then you're going to do that. And if you've listened this far, then you're probably down for doing something like that. That's absolutely right. Uh, so feel free to rate the show five stars only. Obviously, that's we're a five star only family. <laughs> five uh, star only family. If you play Overcooked, you're a three star only family. It's a game on Nintendo Switch. We'll talk about that in some other episode, I'm sure. Ooh, Maybe that's we'll a just good play topic. it and you can listen. Let's talk about games. Maybe. Put it on the list. Okay. Uh, all right, Muffin Tops. It was good chatting with you. We'll see Hope you, you enjoyed this. and be in your ears on the next episode. We love your faces. Bye. Bye.